Hi everyone. Man, what a week, huh? Before we start this show, we wanted to quickly address two issues that we've talked about through various social media channels, but we felt really deserved to mention here at the start of the show. Number one. Sometimes, producing a show where we spend two and a half hours talking about guns, even fictional, can be challenging in the context of the state of events occurring both here in the United States and around the world. The team has spent a lot of time discussing the appropriateness of the show that you're about to hear. In the end, we felt that we have a responsibility to keep producing great content for our audience, and we trust that our listeners understand both that state of the world and the context of the fictional universe that we talk about here on Ghost Stories. Our hearts ache for those who have been affected by the waves of violence and injustice that seem to keep crashing against the shores of our reality. We hope that our show can at least provide a few temporary hours of escape from all that, and please trust us that we remain sensitive to the potential effects of some of the content we discuss here. Number two, staff changes at Ghost Stories. Yep, it's a thing. Since we first started the show, we've had a great fire team all around, and the mix of personalities has always been a huge part of what makes Ghost Stories so great. Like all good things, though. It's inevitable that change would come, and it did. Due to a number of reasons that have been heavily discussed here internally, we unfortunately have to bid farewell to both Beta Chieftain and Handsome Dragon as full-time show members. Their contributions to Ghost Stories since its inception have helped make the show what it is today, and we're honored to have worked with them both. They have our team's full support as they embark on future endeavors. In the meantime, for the rest of us, it's full steam ahead. And trust us, we have some great surprises in store for the show, starting with today. You're about to hear a voice that you may be familiar with, but one we're welcoming to the team in a full-time capacity. She was our Maya Sundaresh on the Vex Fragment episodes, but now we call her co-host, the one and only Sherbert Pop. Whatever, man. Let's get this thing going. Hey, mother... It's July 10th and 11th, 2016, and you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 31. Today, we have a very special episode for... Special? That's... That's sneaky. Uh, Yeah, special episode. Literally, this one is our exotic special episode. Exotic weapons. Uh, We're going to... Why are you guys laughing at me? I'm reading the notes like I'm supposed to. Um, we're going to keep this intro short, maybe, uh, so we can jump into some announcements and stories and all of these fun, exotic weapons. So, this week, got Drop Slash. Well, oh, sorry. Drop Slash it like it's hot. What's going on? Uh, not too much. It's been a busy week between sort of doing tons of account management for DGS after some shenanigans. Uh and getting everything up and running and back on track, and we're in good shape at the moment, which is excellent. And then reading a 50-page review on... 50-page retrospective of the entire Mass Effect series. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, I saw you post that, and I've been... I, I didn't play Mass Effect, I don't think, nearly as much as you or Gabble, but uh, but I played it enough to know that, that if I read that, I'll be confused. So... <laughs> But I'm going to read it. That sounds, sounds I'll put a link cool. to it in the show notes. If you're a Mass Effect fan, it's really good to read. 
And then we've got garbled ratchet like it's hot. Oh, no, wait, no, that's no. golly. Man, I'm reading. I'm confused now. Garbled ratchet. Hi. Hey, what's up, man? Oh, I can I can breathe. I can't that's good. Yeah, you, you said you've been that. sick. I know. I I'm like confusing all the words. Oh I can't. No, I'm a, I read the first. Hey, I read the intro that's, part. That's that somebody what I'm saying. Wrote I can't believe right you read that. Oh, that I thought you meant your name incorrectly. Yeah, dude, somebody wrote it in there. I didn't. I didn't. I, what language is that? By the way, I guess it's just straight. <laughs> it's the one you're going to have to edit out. That's what it is. Uh, I'm editing this one. I mean, dang it, that's fine. It's going to be a fun one, I think. Um, yes. How you been? Good. Um, sick all week. Uh, today is like the first day that I've felt mostly normal. So that's good. Yeah. I'm happy that you're normal. Me too. Today so we can record cuz I know you're worried about that. It's it's I've recorded when I've been sick before and I didn't ever I didn't say much. So yeah, like like fun. 2 days ago I just I basically didn't have a voice. So yeah. And I'm X-ray Ted. Wait. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go back and repronounce that one. Um and I've I what I've been doing is Jumping on this whole Pokemon Go hype train, sort of, even though I'm not like a, a Pokemon kind of guy. Um, I missed that by a little bit. I'm, I'm a little, I was a little old for that. That, that is not true. What? That I'm too old for it? We're the same age. Well, yeah, well, I'm a little older. And at that, whenever Pokemon was a thing, I was into other things. Um, girls and drinking. Worked, I, and I worked there, so. So, well, there you go. Um, but it's a really fun game. I'm, I'm enjoying it, and the there's been some crazy like news things going on. Like here in St. Louis, these guys were like targeting people. They would like go hang out at like these Pokemon stops and rob people. There were like these two guys they just caught tonight. What? Yeah, they they robbed like three people by hanging out at Pokemon stops, waiting for people to come try to get a Pokemon, and then they just straight stick them up and steal their stuff. So. Wow. Free phones. Yeah, so be careful out there if you're if you're Pokemon going. But what I was thinking mainly was, man, all of these all of these apps that that different companies have been making as kind of a, a little extra with their games. Like we had the whole Fallout Shelter app, which was awesome. I love playing that game. And uh, oh, what was the? There was a. I can't think of the name of it now. There was a, another one. Um, for one of those kind of medieval-y kind of games. Dang it. Uh, I played that game like crazy. Dark Souls. No. 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 no I don't, I don't think <laughs> That'd be that. awesome, though. I'd but you know what I was thinking was, down. Bungie needs to jump on this hype train. Man, they could if they did something to where you could earn or find like, like parts of planetary material or something like that that would transfer in-game for people, like uh, doing everyday stuff, that would be... Pretty pretty fun. I mean, sometimes no? I do just sit and like transfer weapons back and forth from one character to another. That's kind of like a game. You want everyone to go to like the bus stop, and there'd be like thirteen people there. Like, what are you all doing? We're collecting spin metal. Leave us alone. Ex- yeah, that would be that would be <laughs> awesome. Spin metal or or like the the little uh, neon like things for your for the new armor. The the the. Chromas? chromas, yeah. Find chromas around and random stuff. That oh would man, be, that would be yeah. pretty sweet. All your exotic sword materials must be found in the real world. There oh, you geez. go. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> They're scattered over that's... the state of Texas. Yeah. If... Or, oh, here's an easy way to collect your fifty fragments for Touch of Malice. There's one in every state. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> 
run 20 miles <laughs> to gain this new shader. <laughs> Video but, games yeah, are not supposed to make me healthy. But it's 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 fun. It's it's uh, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I I saw a post on Twitter or somewhere that said uh, uh, Pokemon Go has done more to to uh, to battle childhood obesity than Michelle Obama's done in like eight yeah. years. And I was like, whoa, that's. Well, but it's, it's true, based man. on it's, it's based on the Niantic game Ingress, right? Yes, like all, all right. of the points all, are in Pokemon Go were Ingress points. <laughs> Can I transfer my Ingress account to Pokemon Go because I have a max Ingress account? <laughs> Just suddenly be amazing? No, you can't. That would be awesome. You cannot. And oh. there's our there's our bit of lore. See, I knew it would tie in. <laughs> um, all right, and last but not least, we've got a special guest with us today that a lot of you, if you're a regular listener, have heard before. Um, she has played the the voice of Maya in the Ghost Fragment Vex cards it is sherbert pop rocks well sherbert pop but of course with the the whole name game thing we've got sherbert pop rocks in here but so how are you doing i'm good good excited to be on the show very excited we're we're excited to have you it's it's uh it's it's fun to to hear your voice not trying to act all cool and stuff reading things and making people super excited saying i'm not cool sounding she sounds cool anyway yeah, yeah, no, thanks. she sounds great. Yeah, I'm, I'm going like <laughs> to sit next to Drop Slash now. <laughs> and this is, and it's that was actually awkward. our reference. <laughs> that was our reference to uh, the tenth and eleventh because she is coming to us from the future. Mm-hmm. She's um, being in in a time zone that's what is it like ten hours ahead of us? Uh, or, for you, or fifteen. More than that. For Drop, 15. I think it's seventeen. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. So so yeah, it's the middle of the afternoon where she is and it's the middle of the night where we are so okay t-shirts represent.com slash store slash d ghost stories thanks for putting a link in there because i always screw that one up um they're still out there i think they're all set yeah every design is is available right now nice yeah we had a little we had a little hiccup with a couple of them that uh that that were kind of, of dead and you couldn't order anything from them but they all are up now and, and should be available so I had someone you're... ask me about my hoodie yesterday in a CVS oh nice, nice. the uh, nice. enemies hoodie and that's oh, yeah, one of the ones that one. was not available for like two months but now is available again so go go get it if you want it I need to I'm gonna order mine I think this this week because I've been talking about it and I want to do it and have it for when the weather is no longer a hundred degrees, and I can wear a hoodie. So uh, that's it for announcements, really. Um, but we do have some exotic stories we want to want to talk about here. Does somebody want to read this first one? I'll take the second one because I've been catching flack for my pronunciation. Okay. I'll, I'll do that one first. I'll, okay, yeah, go ahead. So Roadrunner wrote in about uh, Jalo Supercell. He says. This gun has become the go-to exotic of a few of my usual groups and makes arc burn missions and bounties uh, pretty much nothing. My buddy, Gray Fox Freedom, bought this gun from Xur. I was strange coin poor and stayed up all night trying to grind them out, but I missed it by a few coins when Xur left the tower. Uh, anytime we loaded into a heroic nightfall raid or iron banner, it was always Gray Fox Freedom's warlock, who was a nonstop torrent of lightning thanks to this gun. He wasted everything in his path. I was about to give up on it when I finally got one to drop and it was every bit worth the grind. I've been steadily upgrading it via Infusion. It has yet to leave my Titan. 
this gun and his chain lightning has got me through countless PvE sessions and helped me excel in Iron Banner and Crucible. It electrocutes everything in sight like Emperor Palpatine. That it does. <laughs> uh, and this past week, we had Arc Burn uh, and Primary Weapon Burn <laughs> was on the Heroics. Oh, oh nice. Uh, and this thing was just a monster. It was out of control. You could you could beat a strike in six minutes just by killing everything with, with Jalo. Uh, yeah, super fun. Yeah, we did the Shield Brothers strike, and we killed both of them, I think, in the first round they came out. They didn't get to retreat. <laughs> we just, wow. like, hose straight at them. And then the enemies would come out, and it would just be, like, arcing between them. They're all dead. Okay, back to hosing the guy, and he was just, like, dead. Like, oh, that was a bit of anticlimactic. Okay. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah. Oh, well, we, we got another one here from uh, General Drew. Now I have been playing the game since launch, and I have really only ever taken off my Voidwalker to level the other subclasses. In early year one, I didn't play a lot. I did normal Crucible with my friends and finished the story, but I didn't have a lot of time to do other things. I started doing heroics every week and got totally carried through them by my friends. I saved up enough strange coins to get an exotic weapon, on that Friday, I got out of bed, went straight to look at what the exotic was. It was Soros Regime. Obviously, hearing about its greatness, I bought it straight away. My friends got on with me about a week later, and we got enough people to run the Vault of Glass. I was level 25, so I did little to no damage to anything but goblins. <laughs> we were able to pull through the Gorgon's Maze chest, and one of my friends pulled Truth, and my other friend pulled Red Death. I was kind of put out because I needed the gear because I was level 25 and not 29 and 30 like the rest of them. So I went up to the chest, did the ritual dancing, throwing a grenade at it, and opened it. Red death popped up on my screen. But it was a minute before I could, before I could work out what I saw, I was yelling and dancing because I was so excited. Ask any of the people on the raid team. We ended up killing Atheon. I got Universal Remote, Vision of Confluence to cap it all off. Jeez. Thanks for the great show and keeping up the good and keep up the good work. Uh yeah, that raid was pretty nice for that guy. Yeah, that's that exotic chest. And for a time there, there was people who would save that checkpoint uh, and then post on Reddit yeah. and be like, "Hey, join my fire team just to open this exotic chest." Oh sure, we had a guy in our clan that would like I he would work from home. And he would stand at that chest all day long and just invite people. That's awesome. Yeah, he would he would have people jumping in and out nonstop. It was it was pretty cool. It was uh Chaffnin, I think. You remember that guy? Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's yeah. back on Destiny these days. I got a I message from him the other that. day. I saw that. It's pretty cool. He's fun to play with. He's hilarious. Uh and then we got this last email or, or message. Um It's just a summary of the email. Uh by Patrick. Uh, he says that he thinks the three items needed for Touch of Malice, the Ravenous Heart, the Shroud of Ir Anuk, and the Blade of Famine, happen to resemble the Deathly Hallows, the Resurrection Stone, the Cloak of Invisibility, and the Elder Wand uh, from Harry Potter, and he's asked us to look into it. There you go. So, I'll add that to my, my references list, and we'll, we'll make a case for <laughs> <laughs> Destiny's Deathly Hallows uh, being Touch of Malice. <laughs> And I like it. I that, like it. So we're ready now, right? Let's jump into the uh, the 
special exotics, yeah? Yeah, so last week we did primaries, but we left off the weapons that have the exotic perk primary care, which allows them to be equipped in the primary slot, even though they're technically classified as special weapons. So, and we'll start off uh, with one of the ones we just heard about in one of the user stories, and that is Universal Remote. The flavor text reads, To the untrained eye, this beast is a junker. To the trained eye, however, this junker is a beast. And I just have, there's a note here about, I've seen this gun a lot recently in the Crucible. Yes, I have too. In the face. My face. <laughs> and I don't know if that's because the adjustment to blink affected draw speed, and it's affected a lot of blink shotgunning, but I'm not sure if that applies to universal remote, uh, but I've seen a lot, like a lot of Voidwalker Warlocks with, with universal remote lately. Uh, the Grimoire says, It took great care and an incredible feat of fine-tuning to craft a weapon that packs a close-quarters punch, yet has the range of a precision rifle. Universal Remote is that weapon. Uh, the perk is just called Universal Remote. The range and precision damage increase greatly while aiming down the sights. Uh, it also has the hidden perk of Shot Package, which anybody who ran shotguns in year one knows is a ridiculous perk to have on a shotgun. <laughs> Uh, the symbol for Universal Remote is the same as the unidentified logo on the side of Univer Universal Remote's scope. Uh, and there's no quest for this gun. It is pull it from the exotic chest, get it from an engram. And then, let's see, let's, let's rewind to one of the most fun times, I think, for <laughs> me anyway, that was ever in Destiny. And that was patch 1.1.1 in February of 2015 when shotguns received a 100% damage increase to PvE play. It was a good day. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, my regular team, we immediately all, we just started running strikes with Universal Remote, like double <laughs> shotguns. Like, it was so much fun. Like, fighting... Sepix Prime with only shotguns, fighting the Archon Priest with only shotguns, fighting Fogoth with only shotguns. Like, it was awesome. Now, do you know, do you remember how long that lasted before it got nerfed? The, uh, it did. The There was a rebalance. God, when was a rebalance? Well, that, that, that damage increase never got pulled back, but it's just some of the other perks that they've nerfed, right? No, the damage increased to get pulled oh, back. Okay. It got pulled back to like 40%. Okay, okay. But for a while there, yeah, it was 100. Like, I made a note here. You could do upwards of 2,000 damage a shot to the Archon Priest with Universal Remote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so much fun. I remember it. My brother's a huge shotgun fan, so when I told him that that was one of the buffs that was incoming, he was so happy. Yeah, I used to... Uh, the only time I really used Universal Remote a lot was when I would farm... Uh, Atheon's throne when he first walked in to get uh, oh whatever whatever it was that that the Vex dropped that you could trade in for Glimmer. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would farm that area and I'd have Universal Remote and um, just another legendary shotgun as my my secondary. And I had this pattern down. I could run like through there and kill every yellow enemy in like I don't know. It was about thirty thirty seconds and. I was farming, oh gosh, like anywhere between 20 and 30 of those in half an hour. 
axiomatic beads. Yeah, there you go. Man, I had so at one point I had like 300 of those stashed away, so I never had to worry. I didn't have to worry about Glimmer for a long time. That was when Glimmer was tough to come by. I know. It was either that or it was the uh, the Cabal Majors. Yeah, yeah. that's the one of, I always did. Start of the exclusion zone. Yeah. See, that was I used to do that too until someone turned me on to the, the Vault of Glass farm, and that was way better for me at least. So anyway, sorry, I don't mean to sidetrack too much, but... Yeah, no problem. Uh, so what else? So shotguns took an overall hit in the 2.0 rebalance, but Universal Remote got its base range increased by 20. Uh, UR gets a magnification boost from its signature perk. So normally when you look down the sights of Universal Remote, it's a 1.2 magnification, uh, but after the perk's unlocked, it's 1.4. Universal Remote was brought into year two uh, during the big April update of this year, which was... Uh, Malak and all that shenanigans. Uh, then just some general notes here. Uh, Universal Remote's general resistance to shotgun nerfs uh, and the special ammo supply nerfs in PvP has landed in a pretty solid place. It's not uncommon to see shoddy sniper loadouts uh, in the Crucible these days. The retooled version of No Backup Plans has given Defender Titans a very powerful combo with Universal Remote because it still is pretty rangy. I mean, there's some year one shotguns that can kind of compete with its range, but uh, it's still a ridiculously ranged shotgun. Uh, and then some fun facts on size, because this has been like a recurring theme so far <laughs> in these exotic episodes. Uh, Universal Remote clocks in at a whopping 31 millimeters. Uh, I think we mentioned this in, when we talked about Red Death. Uh the GUA-8 Avenger anti-tank hydraulic auto count cannon mounted on the front of an A-10 Thunderbolt Warthog is 30 millimeter, which means that Universal Remote not only fires at a higher millimeter than that gun, it's also a shotgun, so the pellets must be enormous. Like, I can't imagine, <laughs> like, the, the shot coming out of Universal Remote. It's got to be crazy. It's got to... It's like a... A shotgun shell packed with blueberries. <laughs> uh, also, fun fact: uh, Universal Remote is twelve hundred and fifty-three millimeters long. That's five eleven. I'm sorry, four eleven. Whoa. <laughs> so, there are guns that are longer than that, but yes, that is almost a five-foot-long shotgun, which is insane. And hilarious. <laughs> uh, and speaking of ridiculously long guns, we'll go to the next one. No Land Beyond. I hate that gun. <laughs> really? This is no. I, I, don't I, hate, like, I don't hate. I don't hate. Like the, this is like one of the most divisive exotics in the it game. Is, this is a love-hate gun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I do like it. I do like it. Uh, it just. Last you just hate getting I it. Mentioned. Yeah, I don't want it anymore. I don't, please stop giving it to me. I, I would rather not have it. But So with this one, every hit blazes a path to our reclamation. And uh, that's the, the flavor text on the gun. And the grimoire reads, Rumors of this weapon's existence sent many, guardian claw, many a guardian clawing through the corners of old Russia, seeking its legend. Some believe its origins predate the Golden Age and serve to liberate the the old earth nation from the terrible cycle of war and it and it looks like it it looks like an old gun it's made to look that way and that's what i think drew me to it at first was 
you know, I loved, I loved all the old, you know, World at War was one of my favorite Call of Duties just because of the era, you know, I'm a, I'm a World War II buff anyway, and guns are just, in, have been in my life for so long, it's, it's just, I like, like those, those kind of old, older generation guns, but, uh, man, neat, neat weapon. Finished a grimoire. Um, sorry. <laughs> others believe, others believe it a golden age relic built to honor the sniper and their artful approach to battle, to lean on the sole power of the long ri- of the long rifle, nest where enemy where the enemy cannot see, trust in the power of calm and know there is nowhere to fall back to. So yeah, it's uh, definitely a sniper, and. Yeah. It's, so the, it's go ahead. Yeah. Well, the perk here is the master, uh, which is increased precision damage, uh, kills briefly, increased damage in the next target. And we're going to talk right now about what who the master is in reference to. Uh, I got my Russian right with Jalo. I hope that's right. I know we have some <laughs> Russian listeners, and they've I've been getting constant comments about my Russian pronunciation. Good luck. Uh, so, well, I mean, so that is, this is, this whole weapon is a reference to Vasily Zaitsev. I hope I said that right, because this guy's a legend. Uh, he's a Russian sniper from World War II, uh, and on his monument, uh, it reads, For us, there was no land beyond the Volga, the Volga River. Uh, this guy, Wow. Uh, so just a couple quick notes that I have here uh, is that between November 10th and December 17th, 1942, uh, during the Battle of Stalingrad, he killed 225 enemy soldiers and officers of the German Wehrmacht and other Axis armies, including 11 other enemy snipers. That's like less than 40 days. Yeah. Jeez. And if you've ever seen the movie Enemy at the Gates, uh, that's who this movie is about. Uh, I'll put the link to his Wikipedia article in. Um, it's just amazing. In fact, I was reading a lot. You know, you get sidetracked when I'm making the notes. Reading about some of the things that happened in World War II and some of these singular instances, especially of the Russians who had a ridiculously difficult time during that war and suffered enormous losses. Like, some really astounding individuals rose up out of that horrible conflict. So it's really fascinating to read about them. You know, for us, at least in the U.S., you know, we read about, like, American cowboys and how the West was won and, you know, and things of that nature. But I, I really get the feeling that, like, these in in German culture, these are, I mean, in Russian culture, like, these are the some of their heroes that they read about in school. I mean, we just never do. I don't know who they read about in Australia, though. Quigley. <laughs> Wait, he was American. Dang it. We already established this. It's Hugh Jackman and Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. That's all we know. Zaitsev used a modified Mazin Nagant Model 1891-30, which is similar to the base that No Land Beyond uh, is sort of modeled on. Uh, which is a bolt-action rifle, and 
much like a bolt action rifle in Destiny, uh, requires a new round to be chambered after every shot. But if you are familiar with Call of Duty style games, there is bolt canceling, which is basically engaging in a new action to cancel the reload animation to shorten the reload. Uh, so, and in Destiny, it works by starting the reload animation. Uh, and then sprinting immediately to cancel the animation, but you still get the effect of the reload. Wasn't there a shotgun you could do that with? I thought there was can some. You? I thought there was some reload. In, in, well, there are a lot of reloads in Destiny you can basically do that with. If you just watch when the ammo is available in your chamber and sprint, you can cancel out the rest of the animation and, and shoot sooner. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that affecting a couple of guns, that, even one that we're going to talk about. Uh, like the fourth horseman, which takes ten thousand years to reload, <laughs> but still not as long as Zuhuli's Bane. So, hey, it got buffed. The reload on Zuhuli's Bane got buffed. Yeah, so that only takes three years instead of nine. <laughs> it's still really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Even with hand cannon loader, it's still really bad. Uh, so, No Land Beyond was not great. When it first dropped, uh, I think it was considered the, I think widely considered to be like the worst weapon in Destiny, flat out. Uh, it was terrible. Yeah, the first and time I saw anything with Nerland Beyond was a, uh, a YouTube video uh, that Datto made from like preview footage before, this was in the Dark Below, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it was right before Dark Below came out. He, I believe, was at Bungie or at a preview event or something, and they just had him in a strike. I think he was doing Undying Mind. With No Land Beyond as his primary. Oh, and he was like, uh, this gun's kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny how the community sort of rallies around stuff like that, right? So the gun comes out, it's terrible, like it's a joke of a weapon. Uh, and then one person will make like a montage, like, look how many people I took out with this amazingly bad weapon. And then more people start to look at it because they want to try and do that. Uh so then it gets it it gets popular because it's bad, and people are trying to prove something with it. Uh, but then, after the Destiny 2.0 update, uh, No Land Beyond really got like a second lease on life. Like they they took a look at this gun and and they really made some changes to it. That for people who were already quote unquote good with it in its terrible state, suddenly it became like a real serious weapon to be. Uh, contended with uh, weapon handling was increased so you had faster aim ready and stow time uh, the sights were fixed uh, due to an overlap parallax issue when it was aimed the time decay of the master perk was increased uh, and an additional 20% precision dam- damage bonus was added when the master was active so it really elevated this gun a bit uh, and even nowadays, when again, as the special ammo gets more and more rare in a lot of playlists, you know these guns are fueled by primary ammo. So you suddenly have a primary sniper that you can do a lot of pretty serious damage with. Uh, as sort of it allows the spiritual opposite of universal remote, where it's like main shotgun backup sniper. This is main sniper, and you can backup shotgun. Uh, <clears throat> I mentioned before is based on uh, the Mazin Nagant model, and the Nagant 
the longest version of the Nagant was M, the M9130, which was 1,232 millimeters long. Uh, no Land Beyond is 1,618 millimeters long, <laughs> which is 5 feet 3 inches. I believe it's the longest weapon in Destiny. It's longer than the swords. It's longer than rocket launchers. <laughs> like, it is... That's literally uh, my height. I'm Yes. <laughs> oh uh, it, I'm sure when you see people load into it in the Crucible, uh, it clips into the ground when people are holding it. Uh, it's awesome. It's hilarious. Uh, I always love guns like that on my Titan. Um because in the in the like gear menu when you pose, you hold it downwards as a titan, and it mm-hmm. just goes straight into the ground like past your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time with um the the raid scout with its big spikes on the front. It just like goes oh, yeah. straight oh, yeah. through yeah. the ground. Yeah. It looks yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, I think I think there's a very love hate relationship with this gun. Like some people are just like, this is terrible. I don't want to ever touch it. Uh, and then some people are just like, no, I'll take this thing and I will. And then, you know, the people on the receiving end are like, oh, I can't believe I just got killed by No Land Beyond. Uh, oh, and I have my last note here, totally worth mentioning. Uh, no Land Beyond is the only sniper rifle in Destiny that does not have a scope uh, and therefore has no magnification factor because it uses iron sights. Yet for some insane reason, the iron sights produce scope glint when you're aimed down sights so people can see where you are. I've always thought, and I think I'm, I would guess that the vast majority of the player base feels that even if you hate No Land Beyond, it should not have scope glint. Yeah. It uses iron sights. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> just take it off. Let people who are good with it be even better with it. Yeah. Which would be terrifying. Yes, because you couldn't even like zoom your camera around to see where you got shot <laughs> but that's like that's the whole point that's at the whole history and it's the whole hi- history of the references of the weapon itself so. and then we'll, let's yeah. talk about the last one in this primary care section another gun that you either love or hate <laughs> I know people who still don't have this gun that's not too surprising Uh, and that is the Vex Mythoclast. So, so what's this one say, Sherb? What's the... <laughs> okay. Uh, a casual loop within the weapons, weapons mechanism suggesting the firing process somehow binds space and time into... Dot, dot, dot. And the Grimoire says, Some legends live forever. Others are overwritten, reshaped by the sheer will of those who believe that any ordeal can be conquered, any foe vanquished, any god cast down. The Mythoclast is a Vex instrument from some far-flung corner of time and space, mysteriously fit for human hands. Its origins, mechanism of action, and ultimate purpose remain unknown. Perhaps it will reveal itself to you in time. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is a, a pretty lore-heavy weapon uh, yeah. as well here. So we'll go to the the perk real quick which is did I just get knocked off the call no oh no. okay no. I thought suddenly <laughs> it, everything went real it quiet it did get really yeah. quiet all of a sudden yeah <laughs> uh, t- 
Timeless Mythoclast. This weapon has no charge time. It fires a single bolt with each pull of the trigger. Uh, and I made a note here, or sometimes all of them at once. And I'll talk about that when we get into the notes. Uh, this weapon has no quest, but it only drops from Atheon times Conflux. Uh, I believe also in hard mode only at the end of yes. Vault of Glass. Yes, only from hard. And super low drop rate. Yes. I mean, I've gotten two, ever. I've got. I've only ever gotten one. So, yeah. I think I've and only I, gotten it once. I still don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I got it after, well after its glory days, too. So. And mine was, mine was during House of Wolves. Yeah. yeah, so definitely after it was, after, after it was no longer the gun that was just Melting the crucible. Melting people. <laughs> There's that great video from year one of some guy with it who goes like f- like 47 and 3 or something like that with that thing. He, It's insane. I mean, He's yeah. playing on Twilight Gap and he just melts people from across the map with it. It, it was one of those things that it was it was sort of like um, like a, a sunbreaker popping his super was there for a while. It was like if you heard someone in a match shooting this gun, you were scared. Yeah. <sighs> The good old days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to die a lot. Someone has a Mythoclast. Great. So it's worth mentioning that this weapon was introduced way back in Vanilla Destiny. Uh, this is part of the Vault of Glass. So, you know, long before Crota, long before Oryx, that we were exposed to. Uh, yet we had this line in the opening of the Grimoire that says, reshaped by the sheer will of those that who believe. Uh which is very much in line with what we know about Oryx. Uh, and then this sort of follow-up here that the Vex instrument is from some far-flung corner of time and space, mysteriously fit for human hands. Uh, and I think a, one of the longest-standing rumors about this weapon is that it was the Vex sending the Guardians a weapon uh, sort of back from an inevitable future, which we later learn much later in the game, where the Vex fall to Oryx's control, the vault falls to the Taken, uh, and that the possibility that this weapon was sent back to us specifically for facing down the Taken and Oryx. Although no perk on the gun, really, like this gun doesn't do extra damage to Taken or anything like that, so... And you can even really use it against a Taken in anything major yeah, because yeah. it didn't get carried over. Right, true. But you could sure use it against Crota. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> yes. So we'll talk about the name. Uh, the word mythoclast means destroyer or debunker of myths or literally breaker of myths. Uh, it's derived from two Greek words, uh, muthos, which means fable or legend, and klastos, which means broken into pieces. So it's a Mythbuster. <laughs> it is a Mythbuster. Literally. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to forever call it that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some other notes. Man, that's great. Uh, Atheon's name. We'll, we'll cover Atheon in the vault and all this stuff when we do the Vault of Glass episode. Uh, so, But there's an alternative theory here, and it, it comes from Atheon. So... The name Atheon is believed to be derived from Atheos, which roughly means atheist. Uh, literally ancient Greek, atheos, godless or without a god. Uh, the term was applied to those who thought to reject the gods worshipped by the larger society. 
So the alternative hypothesis argues that the name Atheon is actually a combination of the Latin words atheos with the addition of the word eon, which is the measurement of one million years. So when paired together, this creates the name Atheon, in effect translating to uh, that which does not believe in time or one who stands outside the accepted belief of time. So when you pair that with the mythoclast, which only comes from Atheon, uh, this alternative theory proposes that is a weapon designed to destroy the myth of time given to you by one who stands in opposition of the commonly held belief of time. So that matches up with the perk name, Timeless Mythoclast. So it's an interesting way of looking at sort of the, the perk and the grimoire entry and taking account uh, who the weapon comes from in its overall role, potentially, in the lore. The Vex are the best. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> So, a couple notes. This gun is probably one of the rarest in the game by virtue of never being able to be sold by any vendor and not being available from any treasure chest or even easily farmable uh, because of the complexity of the vault. So, yeah, uh, it'll never it'll never pop up. I don't believe you can get it from an engram from Zer, like not even the new ones, the new ones that are the old ones, which is like how you get Thorn and stuff. Right. Uh, and you can't get it from an exotic chest anywhere. It's only one place to get it. Uh, and then I wrote here, this thing was a salt extractor in year one PvP. Uh, it could melt people before they even knew what hit them. Uh, part of the reason for it is because the Vex Mythoclast can deal precision damage unlike regular fusion rifles, uh, not counting sleeper simulant. And it deals one and a half times precision damage. Uh, it didn't originally. Originally, it dealt 1.25, but that was increased. Uh, it came with it, so the, it had a base damage decrease, but then a precision damage increase. Uh, so now, do any, yeah. of you guys, do any of you guys remember the, uh, the whole, you can look through a Vex Mythoclast scope and walk up to a... Uh, Oh my gosh, the the maze, the the yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah, so I didn't have this in the notes. I meant to put it in here, but the scope on the Mythoclast has been subject to every possible rumor that exists in the game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's where I was going with this. Is there's so much around it? You know, it would guide you to the the fabled, you know, last chest in the in the vault, and and you know. If you or if you looked at the if you looked at the patterns on the floor in the Nexus Strike and then compared them with the vault when looking through the scope, it would reveal constellations that lined up with uh, Alpha Lupi. <laughs> like that was leading you, and it, like revealing the origins of the trap. Like it's yeah, it's crazy how much time has been spent on that gun, trying to like tie it into to different pieces of the lore. But even, I mean, even looking at the two descriptions that we gave for its possible origins, like, those are both heavily steeped in a lot of Vex mystery. So, they're, it's a great example, you know, and I think this happens a lot in Destiny, where it's like, people want there to be more uh, than just sort of like, okay, here's the gun and it shoots laser beams, like, <laughs> there's gotta be more to it. Like, and we'll talk about that when we get to Sleeper Simulant, which was 
an insane amount of community work. It really was. <laughs> like, uh, in patch 1.1.1, that was the crazy shotgun patch, uh, the Mythoclast got an unintentional nerf because it was affected by the ammo reduction to fusion rifles that was given for uh, PvP players. There was also a rare bug that would cause the Mythoclast to behave like a standard fusion rifle and discharge <laughs> all seven of its shots at once. Uh, three times. So the the non-upgraded mag on the Mythoclast is 21 shots. So you could fire all seven at once three times. Uh, which could basically one-hit KO anybody in the Crucible. Like It has like a really brief charge-up time, and then just all seven came out at once. Like, it's... You, it, so if it wasn't like ridiculous to get melted by it, you know, in in five seconds or whatever three seconds, you know, you're suddenly getting vaporized in like point two five <laughs> seconds by this one hit from the vex, which led to so many hilarious Reddit posts of people like, "My mythoclast was broken, and I was really mad about it, but then I realized it just destroyed people, <laughs> <laughs> and now I feel bad." <laughs> And this is pretty unique design on the Mythoclast, too. It obviously has no foundry. Uh, I believe the Vex created it. And no other gun looks like the Mythoclast. Uh, it is... It's a really cool design, but... You rarely see it anymore. Like we said, because it didn't get a year two version. Uh, I can't imagine trying to balance this thing for year two. Like... Yes. With the way fusion <laughs> rifles are now, oh, like, I know they're so awesome now. <laughs> <laughs> this thing would just be—it uh, would annihilate. I mean, I guess you could still take it into non-level yeah. enabled playlists. It's—it's uh, it's one of those guns. Like it's one of the guns where, you know, we talked about the last word and thorn, and how they set the pace for a lot of the game. We talked. Well, we will talk about you know Gallarhorn. And how it was like the signature weapon of destiny. But this gun's right up there. Uh, Mythoclast is right up there with sort of... Oh, yeah. Uh, defining certain eras of the game. Yeah, if it had been more readily available, it, it would be way more so, right? It was just such a rare gun, but everybody knew what it was because it was so yep. ridiculous. And it's such a unique noise, a mm -hmm. unique sound, mm -hmm. you can hear it a mile away. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so that does it with the primary care weapons. Uh, and then speaking of weapons that have crazy noises, we're going to jump into shotguns next. Uh, so we've divided specials uh, into their classes. So we'll do shotguns next, and then we have snipers, and then we have fusion rifles, and then we have, as sure pointed out, special other, which should really just be special sidearms because there's only one in there anyway. <laughs> Uh, depending on depending on the length of this, uh, we may cut it at shotguns and do a part two, uh, but we'll see. Let's let's dive into exotic shotguns, and we're gonna start with. I'm gonna let Gabble take this one because he did a lot of the research on this one. And I love this gun. I still. I mean, this is sort of my go-to in PvP. Uh, invective, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I tried to talk them down. They made a grab for my ghost. After that, it was a short conversation. A core array. Um, I do have a note that the word invective means an introduction of something from an outside source. 
which just sounds really mean, but I guess a lot of guns do that, but still. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're just sort of, yeah. Um, and then you add your note here, I thought was interesting. Drop. Yeah, there's hints in the game that ghosts, you know, we see our ghost as like this linked buddy who's always with us. It's like an essential part of being a guardian is the ghost. They're uniquely linked to us. They have personalities uh, and they're like our constant companions. But there's hints all throughout the grimoire and different places where they're also like a commodity that people want. Like like if you're walking around like the hottest cell phone uh, and somebody says, I want that, and they will take it from you, even if it's like completely password lock and linked to you, <laughs> they want to steal it. Uh, sure, your boyfriend Varix uh, <laughs> mentions... Yeah, he says, give me your ghost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rude. And we know that in some of the uh, prison arenas, the cabal want to get their hands on ghosts because they don't understand what they are. They want to know what their links are to, to guardians. Uh, so it seems like... And again, we've talked about in other shows how guardians really do live sort of secluded from the general populace. Uh, but here we have a good example of of somebody making a grab for Ikora's. Like, what would you do if you got it? Yeah. It's not like, like you're what, stealing her Air Jordans. You can't just wear them and look cool. Yeah. Like, the ghost is going to be like, what are you doing? And resurrect, <laughs> like, the guardian you just tried to kill. And just, what are you... What did you think was going to happen? Uh, but as Guardians, we sort of live in a, a bit of a bubble here where we don't always have contact with the sort of day-to-day folks that populate the city and, and what their feelings toward these kinds of things are. Yeah, so the uh, the Grimoire, uh, Invective was a Korra Ray's weapon of choice during her younger, more rebellious days, an ideal fallback for situations that can't be solved by wit, quick talk, or pure intimidation, this modified shotgun uses a self-replicating magazine to keep its owner well-stocked for any and all trouble that waits beyond the city. Which is true. It generates magical ammo. It does. Which is another reason I like using it in Crucible, because I don't ever have to worry about going and picking up special. (laughs) So the perk is Invective. This weapon regenerates ammunition over time. It also has the full auto perk, uh, that allows this weapon to be f- fired in full auto. Uh, and I said, other than not counting fourth horsemen, yeah. uh, you know, there's some guns where, like shotguns, where full auto is still subject to the fire rate of the gun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Invective has a high fire rate to begin with, so this thing just dumps its mag <laughs> so fast. Yeah, which is good because it feels like a lot of the times, unless you're just like touching someone with the end of the gun, it's going to take two shots anyway. Yeah. So so just holding it down and just blasting them twice really fast, that that does the trick. Yeah. But it kicks like crazy. Like, if you're just standing and you hold the trigger down, you <laughs> end up looking at the sky by the time you're done. <laughs> yes. Very true. Uh, the quest for this gun... So this gun it was a year one exotic quested gun. Uh... These days you get it from, from well, you can definitely get it from uh, Zer through the engrams. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. it has the ability to drop from chests and things like that. Yeah, I, did, I got my, my year two invective from uh, Ingram from Three of Coins. 
nice. So yeah, it was but it was back definitely one I was like desperate to get. <laughs> but uh, back in the day, you could only quest for it, uh, and that quest was called a dubious task. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you want to read this extra? <laughs> I can. There you go. Um, so, I just remember doing this one. I think I did this one a few times. Um, uh, where is this? So, it starts out with... You go to, to talk to Ikora Ray, and you have to do five strikes without dying. Which wasn't terrible, just time-consuming, because you just do the the easiest strikes that they had yeah, um, early in year one. That was, that was a little rough. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have much issue with oh. it. I don't remember. It's not as good as you. I understand. I might've hit a lot or something probably. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. I'd All right. Well, just... since, since you're just not going to look at the comments, I'm going to go back and, and fill in some gaps here. Uh, <laughs> so a dubious task reads the warlock Vanguard. This is important too. Cause this quest Reveals a lot about Ikora Ray. Yeah. Uh, the Warlock Vanguard, Ikora Ray, left a posting here, signed, handwritten, and asking for you. That's when you pick up the bounty itself. Uh, and then when you first talk to Ikora, she says, You're here. Excellent. Please indulge me. I'm curious about you. Aw, Ikora. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to let... I'll let somebody else take this next one because this is a really funny quote coming from how we picture Ikora. This is a great quote coming from her. <laughs> this one is, uh, <laughs> it is. I did a lot of stupid things in years past. I miss those days. Why don't you get into some trouble for me? Show me your Elon. <laughs> Which means energy, style, and enthusiasm. But yeah, yeah it's, it's weird to think of, of her running out and just doing dumb stuff. Yeah, just like running around the show. <laughs> I wonder, do you think she was a blink shotgunner? It has to be. I mean, I'll qualify that as stupid things. But <laughs> it's because I'm using the receiving end of it. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting this weapon. I don't think I did, I didn't do the quest, but I got it from an engram in year two. And I remember looking at it like, younger, more rebellious days. Ikora had rebellious days? She's like the most yeah. sensible person in the tower. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being so surprised at that. So yeah, that, that request from my core number one is five strikes without dying. I think I did five of the Nexus Mind because once you drop the three servitors, uh, you can just run all the way to the Nexus Mind. You don't have to actually fight anything to get there. So you can, be, if you have a good team, you can complete that strike, you know, in like eight minutes. So doing five and not dying. And then, you know, the Nexus Mind had that, Man, it's so weird the Nexus Mind is not in rotation anymore. I know, I kind of miss it. Uh, the Nexus Mind had two big cheese techniques where you could stay up at the top and shoot down into the Nexus Mind, and all you had to worry about was that one Minotaur that spawned behind you. Or there was the wall that you could hide behind. Oh, man, there's more than... There was the huge wall underneath the that sniper perch that you could hide behind and be invincible. You just poke your head out, take your shots, and duck back in. Yeah. Uh... But then there was the glitch where you could jump way up, like way up into the weird Vexy ceiling. Oh, and there was a spot in the lower left where you could get outside the map and shoot in. <laughs> that, whole, that whole room. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking to do a strike without dying, I recommend the Nexus Mind. Uh, 
I think I did. So, I did Sepix Prime just because it was the lowest level strike. <laughs> so that that room though, that room in the Sepix Prime strike, where you have to fight off the waves of Fallen and Hive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, now it's a joke. Like now, you have two Sig fourteen <laughs> Titans yeah. camp the doors, or you just or, yeah, or, run for the door with a sword. <laughs> Yeah, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're uh, dead. <laughs> but man, I can remember sometimes, and mostly like during nightfalls or heroics, but like yeah. using the trains in the far right and just hiding mm-hmm. in that ditch mm-hmm. <laughs> and sniping out. Like they really like to encourage those long range encounters, and then the tank, like ugh, it's a risky. Strike. Oh, that yeah. Well, that's not, this is. We'll talk about this when we get to icebreaker. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what you just said plus icebreaker. Anyway. Uh, so you do that, you go back, you talk with Ikora, and she just says, gracefully done. And that takes us to our request from Ikora Ray Part 2, which is earn a kill plus assist minus death spread, uh, which is uh, of 25 in the Crucible. Which has another funny quote, <laughs> which is, I know the Crucible is unforgiving, but that's why it's valuable. Show me that you don't spend all your time as a pool of particles waiting to be reassembled by your ghost. <laughs> oh it's worth noting that when you you return from your five strikes uh, there's a quote from Ghost it says it might impress Ikora if you returned quickly then again it might impress her if you took your own time yeah answer and the question (laughs) yeah I want to I wish I could it would be awesome if you just go to the tower and hang out as a pool of particles (laughs) Maybe that's what those puddles are in the tower. Oh, oh. and Jalal is standing in them. But that makes the one, yeah, that makes the one that makes Jalal really weird. <laughs> Someone he really didn't like. <laughs> they were standing there when those rockets fell off the shelf. <laughs> uh, and there's a quote, I'll do a quote from Ghost. Uh, it says, an impressive performance by any standard. Presumably, including a quarter race. <laughs> Don't presume. Man, they uh, make her out to be such a jerk. But also, like, I want to know what she was like in her younger days. Like, I, it's so funny to like even playing Destiny. Like, so we take the world that we know and we rewind it by what? Let's take in ages and immortality into account. So we'll rewind it by fifty years. So, Cade is not Vanguard. He's still acting. This is hypothetical. Like, I don't know when exactly that deal happened. It's on the timeline, but it's vague. But, like, Andal Brask is the Hunter Vanguard. Uh, Zavala's not Titan Vanguard. Ikora's running around, like, blowing people up with Invective. Cade's out there somewhere, like, collecting exotics and stuffing them in the top of the tower. Like, like it must have been, like even crazier than it is now with all the popular characters we know out there running around and not being sort of the personalities that they currently are, you know, stuffed in the Vanguard Hall. Uh, Including apparently Ikora. (laughs) Wild West. Yeah. I don't remember anything about getting this 25 KD ratio thing. I remember remember having to do it. 25 more kills than deaths. A kill or an assist is plus one. A death was minus one. 
And this falls right in line with the other exotic quests of this time, where there's this like somewhat challenging crucible element where you were not only rewarded for doing well, but also punished for doing poorly. Yeah, but the fact that this one counted assists made it a lot yes. easier than, like, yeah. Thorn. <laughs> and then turn to Ikora Ray and she says I'm not easily delighted but you worked for that I mean I know about the grammar but it's not worth talking about <laughs> you kind of have to see uh, it <laughs> yeah and that leads to a request from Ikora Ray part 3 yeah, uh, which is what we are completing a, a weekly nightfall or weekly heroic strike, uh, strike to obtain a clot of darkness. Yeah, and the the quote is: "I ask guardians to prove themselves to me because I don't want to ask too much of them, but you are ready. Find a place where the darkness grows strong. Return with a clot of the darkness itself, gathered from one of the creatures there." It sounds gross. It does. Worth noting that. I mean, the Nightfalls don't have matchmaking now, but back in the day, the Weekly Heroics also did not have matchmaking. Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't have two friends to help you get your invective, you were soloing one of these two things. And um, this was back also, I, mean, I think it's a relatively new thing in year two that the Weekly Heroics have modifiers. Uh, but back in year one, the Weekly Heroics always had modifiers, mm-hmm. and they were different from the Nightfall modifiers, and sometimes the weekly heroics were more difficult than the Nightfall was. Yeah. Depending on what kind of modifiers it had. Yeah, because it was always so common on the Nightfall that you have at least, like, an elemental burn. But yes. a lot of times on the heroic, you would only get negative modifiers. Yeah, you'd, and this is back, and again, if you didn't play in year one, you never knew the horrors of the light switch modifier, <laughs> which was, like, brawler but for the enemy. Yeah. Which means that a thrall, especially like an arc burn and light switch, one hit from a thrall would destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it also meant that you couldn't get close to any boss because their AOE attack would be a one-hit KO. Like light switch was a mean, mean perk, or not? It wasn't even a perk; it was just a modifier. But it made enemies like rush down enemies really, really dangerous. Uh, invisible vandals, oh. thrall. Like, anything that got, you know, closer than invective range. Uh, <laughs> I hope that Specialist was on. Let's see. So, yeah, then you got your Cloud of Darkness, and it gave you the return to a core Ray step, which had the quote, Rumor has it that a core Ray used to roam the system on dangerous, solitary expeditions. Perhaps you can walk in her footsteps or carry on where she left off. So Ikora soloed the Nightfall. Ikora definitely soloed the Nightfall. <laughs> and then you talk to Ikora, and she says, Thank you. I miss the freedom you have, Guardian. Savor it. Listen. I want you to have something of mine. A relic of my wandering days. See, nobody wants to be the Vanguard. <laughs> I know. Well, this is great. So we know, we know pretty absolutely that Cade has, like does not care about being the vanguard. Yeah. Even at the end of Shield Brothers, like he begrudgingly says, like, I do it for the perks. Uh, but <laughs> he doesn't want to be vanguard. And here we have Ikora, who's sort of like this stalwart, you know, super smart, like, warlock vanguard. 
and even she misses being able to just like run around and blow things up, presumably. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, when's the last time you think she got to Nova Bomb something? I mean, I don't know. If you listen to the 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 uh, PA announcements in the tower, mm-hmm. sometimes like Cora comes on there and is requesting some dubious things. <laughs> There's one where she's like, "We're requesting like." I don't know, something like some some warlock to report to the black chamber with like a hive primer and a gallon of bleach. And it's, <laughs> it's like, wait, what? What ha- what's going on in there? Uh, so I'm sure that. But yeah, so I mean, this and this this is interesting because this quest doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. if you're a year two guardian, you may not get this sense ever from Ikora. Definitely would not. <laughs> Crazy to think uh, she soloed, like, not soloed the Nightfall, but just went out on her own all the time because she's, like, leader of the Hidden and she seems so responsible and, like, she's in charge of all these people now. And yet she was off on her own and she seemed really aggressive as well, which I didn't realise at all. <laughs> and it made, made me wonder, like, how how much backing is there to that Reef quote about Ikora being a magical terrorist yeah. from the past? Like... like <laughs> Maybe she was in the past. So, which is I, the story of how she became Vanguard. Uh, it must be like a hell of a story. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And did they have to do any convincing? <laughs> uh, and I also wonder. I wonder if she ran. I mean, she had. There's some in jokes between her and Cade. If you listen to him long enough, and a big part of that is because of Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres' relationship from Firefly. Uh, she was Zoe, and he was Captain Mal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there's little like fun in-jokes they toss at each other across the table there. But that said, man, it wouldn't be difficult at all to see, like, her... Imagine her and Cade teaming up to pull off some, like, crazy space shenanigans. Like, <laughs> the two of them together must have been hilarious. And, you know, in Firefly... <laughs> <laughs> Zoe did use a shotgun in Firefly, although it it, it did that spin thing a lot like uh, that was the lever action. Yeah, thing. yeah, and now chaperone. There it is. The chaperone. Yeah. <laughs> so she, so she's, and here she's giving you like she's giving you a memento of those days. Like this is a pretty personal quest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she gives you the uncharged invective and she says I carried this shotgun on my travels it settled quite a few arguments I love it dearly but it's time to let it go you'll want one last component to complete my modifications see the gunsmith yeah so does that mean that she had this component but she kept it for some other gun that she's using now uh it's possible well so let's let's talk about this this uh, this invective component, this golden age shotgun magazine. Uh, you have to buy it for 25 special ammo synthesis, which is... That's 50, isn't it? Oh, 50. Yes, 50. Which is 12,500 glimmer. Yeah. Half your glimmer. Uh, I can't even remember the last time I used a special ammo synth. I have so many of them. <laughs> I feel like I use at least one or two every time I run King's Fall. <laughs> I'm looking at my dim right now. I have 488 special ammo synths. 
You should <laughs> never go, use go them. rank up a faction or something. I should. I should just give them all the money. Warlock. <laughs> the the last the last exotic class item I need. We'll talk about that during exotic armor. Uh, <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Uh, so the component's called the Golden Age Shotgun Magazine. Uh, and when you when you put your cursor over it, it says, Acquisition of this shotgun component will immediately charge the invective. Uh, so we're going to talk about this item with other guns that we're going to talk about in this series of exotics, where this Golden Age blank magazine uh, that's able to provide all kinds of bananas ammo effects uh, uh, the one top of my head that comes on the top of my head is super good advice yeah, so yeah. And the way super good advice returns ammo to its own mag is through like a golden age whatever some like heavy machine gun component so it seems like this advanced ammo tech all comes out of the golden age which again is interesting to think about considering like the golden age is like oh there's this great like renaissance of learning and the traveler made everything so great and whatever flowers and kittens and butterflies uh but really we use that technology to create self-replicating ammunition well and you know (laughs) sentient war machines yeah because we're doing this full of tanks and the exos yeah and planes yeah so there was definitely some some heavy-duty weapons development going on during the, the golden age. <clears throat> anyway, you get that piece. Uh, that gives you invective charged. You know, return to Ikora Ray and she gives you invective. And she has this is this is a very Ikora Ray quote. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's yours now. Please don't get yourself killed in some forsaken pit. And if your path permits, bring it back to see me now and then. I've never returned to Ikora with invective I'm gonna, equipped. I'm going to do it right now. Nice. <laughs> I mean, my I volume's turned down, so if she says anything amazing, I won't be able to hear it. I'm just I hope she says, congratulations on not getting killed in some forsaken pit. <laughs> and as soon as she says pit, you hear Eris in the background go, no! <laughs> there we go. I'm just going to stand here with Ikora. All right. Okay, well... Well, Gabble seems like horror. Let's go over some of the other details of Invective, the clackety-clack shotgun. Uh, <clears throat> the foundry is very clearly Cassoid. The Cassoid logo is stamped right on the side of Invective. And it glows. Uh, it does. And it is also the symbol of the perk for Invective. Uh, so there's also a partial emblem on the side of Invective that is similar to the Cassoid emblem, but is not actually it. So maybe there's like a sub-foundry? Like a sub-brand? Like Cassoid shotguns? Well, it's it's that, to... that little... It's like you take the middle out of the Cassoid emblem and, and take the top and bottom off of it, and that's what you're left yeah. with. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something special just for the uh, the Warlocks. Maybe. Uh, Invective, once you upgrade the perk, Invective generates four shells every 20 seconds. Uh, They're delivered to the player's reserve ammunition, uh, and the weapon must be reloaded to use them. Uh, This next note makes no sense based on what you said earlier about what the meaning of Invective is. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. 
Okay. Oh, is something about her quote in the description? I don't know. Refer to the Akora quote in the description. I tried to talk them down. They made a grab for my ghost. After that, it was a short conversation. Is the quote that's referring to. I just don't know where that definition came from. Well, these are your notes, not mine. <laughs> let's just not let's not use that note. Let's not use it. Let's talk about why it ends conversation so quickly. There we go. Uh, <laughs> because Invective is a 25-millimeter shotgun, <laughs> uh, which is the size of an anti-tank, anti-material round. Uh, but it's a shotgun. It means it's also packed with shot. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah, it's like packing a shotgun shell with things the size of blueberries, roughly. Maybe smaller. If you Google invective, that's what the definition is that comes up. Just oh, there just you saying. go. <laughs> Insulting, abusive, highly critical it's literally language. literally that word for word. So where did your quote from the beginning of it come from? An introduction of something from an outside source? I don't know. It's an, intro it's an introduction of abusive language from an outside there source. There you go. <laughs> from, from Latin invectivus meaning attacking so yeah. there you go it all makes sense <laughs> kind of I mean <laughs> anybody in the receiving end of invective probably also has some highly critical language <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why it's, it's, why it's that name it's, it's not what the, the user's doing it's what the people being killed are doing <laughs> Uh, December 14, 2014, in one of the patches, Invective received a buff that decreased the reload time from uh, 5 and 3 quarters to 3 and 3 quarters at the cost of a reduced rate of fire, which doesn't matter because the full auto is still insanely fast. Oh. An introduction of something from an outside source is the definition of invection. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I had yeah, to like, like an invection oven? <laughs> yeah. Could be a play on both, like the introduction of the ammo, as well as making everyone swear when you kill them. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. So what we're saying is, inside Invective is a tiny Easy Bake oven that creates <laughs> ammunition. It cooks it ammo. Bakes bullets. <laughs> it bakes bullets for you. Uh, the last year, Invective's ammo regen perk has been a point of contention in PvP, especially when the special ammo adjustments were first made uh, especially since Invective received a year 2 version and Icebreaker did not because uh, people would basically you know once that first special ammo nerf happened it's like suddenly Invective is really popular uh, suddenly Icebreaker is being pulled out of the vaults mm -hmm, uh, and mm -hmm. even sidearms with the ammo perk where you start because well, you don't start with special ammo anymore in 3v3 right? right so, but some sidearms have a perk that allow them to start with ammo, and then Icebreaker and Invective could immediately start generating ammo. And even with Icebreaker, you could swap weapons and still keep half your ammo. But I think they changed that in PvP, where if you swap, yeah, you lose everything. Weapon, you lose everything. Uh, but in non non level enabled playlists. Uh, Invective still remains outclassed by legendary counterparts in the range and impact departments. I think the real fall of Invective happened when Felwinter's Lie was first introduced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then once you could re-roll those guns, like, people were making... Uh, that was, like, the the heyday of the, the omni-powerful shotgun. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it cannot... 
it can outrange any other shotgun, it seems like. Yeah. But uh, but the, the availability of ammo certainly gives it yeah. some usefulness. So that was the days with like perfectly re-rolled Fell Winter's Lies and Party Crasher yeah. Plus One. Two to the morgue. Two to the morgue. <laughs> Dark days. <laughs> <laughs> And we talked about it a little bit too when we talked about the last word because a lot of times your only counter to being rushed down with a shotgun was to dump a full clip of last word into somebody like, you know, because the last word could get its shots off before a shotgun could. You hoped, mm-hmm. or at least you'd trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you sniped them from forever <clears throat> ago with Thorn. <laughs> so I had a, one of my good friends um, that, that bought Destiny at launch with me uh, he got this the bounty for Invective. It was like week two or something. And none of us had any exotics. It was the, the first thing any of us ever got. And he got it. At, it was it was already late. And we, were, we were playing every night at that point, you know, leveling up and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. he got it late and the rest of us all went to bed and, and we all worked together. So we come into work the next morning and he was looking really rough. And he's like, <laughs> I got Invective. <laughs> and, and he did. It was exactly what you talked about earlier. Like he he soloed the the weekly heroic, and he had to go farm for glimmer to buy enough special ammo sense to do all this oh, stuff. He just stayed man. up all night getting invective because, like I said, none of us had ever even like seen an exotic before at this point in the game, and he was just so like he had to do it. And then the next week, I got uh, icebreaker, and I laughed at him because I got nice. it from a nightfall, and I just had it. And back in. During the uh, the great shotgun buff, uh, like Invective was unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. No no boss could no ultra <laughs> in the game could stand up that much ammo being dumped that rapidly for that much damage. No, I mean like, it was it was almost like using swords now. Yeah, was was using shotguns for that period of time. <laughs> Man, I miss those days. My my brother's favorite gun, or one of his favorite guns, is Invective. He loves the way it sounds. He loves the way it feels. Like it's the archetype of shotgun that he likes. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he went on a tear with Invective uh, once that buff dropped. Alright, so from an old year one uh, exotic shotgun to a brand new year two exotic shotgun. Uh, and another one that has a giant long story. It does, and <laughs> reveals that maybe one of the foundries we know aren't quite as cool as we think they are. <laughs> <clears throat> The chaperone. The chaperone. Who's going to be Amanda? I, Thank you, everyone, for stepping up. I, I can I can do it if you want. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm the only female here, so may as well. Um, I can't do the accent, though. I'm not going to do that. Uh, my mother had a shotgun we called the chaperone. Kept us alive out there before we got to the city. And um, the grimoire reads... Uh, Amanda Holiday was born on the road, when the city was nothing more than a whispered prayer. Their only protection was the weapons they could scavenge, build, or modify. Weapons like her mother's two-barrel shotgun, with its black and gold filigree far too fine for the world around it. They called it the chaperone. That chaperone lies in a shallow grave with its last owner, but Amanda recalls every detail of its design. And via a partnership with the gunsmiths of Tex Mechanica, she's brought the chaperone back to life. Though, though the new weapon is much more powerful than the cantankerous rel- relic the holidays used on the road, it bears the appearance and the name of the chaperone that saw the one surviving holiday safely to the last city. 
All right. Well, I'm going to point out real quickly that maybe Amanda doesn't quite remember it as well as she thought she did. Because <laughs> the chaperone is not a two-barrel shotgun. It's two double-barrel hey. shotguns. No, it's not. It's a tiny little single-barrel shotgun. <laughs> lever action. Yeah. So she's failed already remembering it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right from the start. <laughs> Way to go, Amanda. I'm sure one day we're, what's going to happen is we're going to be out in the frontier and we're going to find a shallow grave with a shotgun and it's going to look nothing <laughs> like the chaperone. We're going to bring it back to Amanda <laughs> what? and be like, what? And we're going to hold both no, of them in our hands. But that's okay. Like if, if her memory is just, you know, maybe she's been in the device and her brain is scrambled eggs or something, because then maybe this quote about the city being nothing more than a whispered prayer is nonsense too. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, see, I see the note that you put on that. Um, saying that, presuming the human lifespan is around 300 years and she's not old, it might have been less than two centuries ago, the city being nothing more than a whispered prayer. But right. um, I, I I would like to think that I don't know how people age now since the Golden Age. I haven't seen anyone in the tower with grey hair or looking old. Everyone is everyone no, looks like mid-20s, woman- 30s. So maybe they're like 90, 100 years old. But they don't look it. They just don't age the same way. Right, but I guess the the reason that I wanted to point that out was if we if we look back at the um, the bad juju quest and the the amounts of time that are thrown around for how long ago Toland was exiled from the city. Yeah, that doesn't add up with this at all. No, I think that I feel like sometimes they're just trying to throw off actually making a timeline. <laughs> no, I absolutely they just, too. they just intentionally don't want the timeline to make any sense. <laughs> and uh, how long was this ago? Oh, let's just put a random year. Let's just put something. Let's put a century. That'll that'll do. Nice round number. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm just saying I, I haven't seen anyone who looks aged in the game. Well, then you need to go spend some more time with Ava Levante. But she still looks young, like her face. I know she's got grey hair, but. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's the most aged-looking one in the tower, but I wouldn't say she looks like she's nearly 100 sort of thing. Well, I mean, She yeah, could be nearly 300, know. and everyone else is That's only true. 200. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> but Toland's journal has been missing for centuries. Centuries. Yeah, yeah I, I will agree with this. There's, there's no... There's a lot of clashing with the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't uh, was Amanda Holiday born on the road? It, the first line of the well, grimoire is literally, literally Amanda Holiday yeah, yeah, is born, born on, on the, the road. road. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and so that's the question: Can can you just interpret this to mean that where she was born and when she was born to those people the city was nothing more than a whispered prayer maybe it has nothing to do with the timeline at all but more about their situation yeah but still Hmm. well but they they must have not have they didn't get to the city quickly because Amanda's uh, grimoire talks about how she grew up on the road fixing and scavenging and maintaining vehicles that helped her family in the wilderness. Right, yeah, she was not a child when they got to the city. Yeah. 
but she definitely doesn't look like she's older than 25. I wish they would update the grimoire image of her with her new one. Anyway, yeah, she's got a uh, she's got great tattoos and and they sweet, look recent and sweet metal arms uh, <laughs> or sweet metal leg, I guess. Anyway, let's jump into the the chaperone here. Uh, oh, this quest. Yeah, well, let's start with the perks real quick. Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So there's the Roadborn. Precision kills briefly grant bonus handling, range, and precision damage with this weapon. Uh, the follow-up perk is a year two weapon, uh, the Survivor. Three rapid precision kills while, bo- while Roadborn, or Born on the Road, is active. I will return two rounds to the chamber. I feel like I never see that perk happen. Uh, <laughs> and the last one is just called the Chaperone. This weapon fires a single precision slug. Grants agility boost. So, and the quest for this gun is Jolly Holiday, which, yeah. Well, if you if you do a search like on Google for Jolly Holiday, and you sort it by videos, you get fifty eight million videos that say, like, how to cheat the Jolly Holiday quest. Because <laughs> I, I was, it's a hard one. Because I was looking to try, because I was looking to pull, and we're going to come up with some of the stuff here, where some of my comments here, uh, for the flavor text from the the quest itself. I'm like, oh, sweet, I'll just look up the flavor text, and I'll, I'll transcribe it all. Every single video is like three minutes long, and it's just a video talking about how you can, like, cheat this quest by not equipping the last word until the very end of your match or using SRL to do it. Like, make sure you're racing with the last word equipped. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump in. Shindig in the Crucible. I love these quotes. Uh, Do it. (laughs) Come one, come all. The text mechanic is first shotgun extravaganza. The prize is the finest shotgun in all the system based on a design by the tower's own Amanda Holiday. S. Barnes Davis of Tex Mechanica. This guy's such a slimy dude, too. Anyone, yeah, he sounds like he should be like a like a circus announcer. Yeah. Carnival Barker. Yeah. 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 Totally, roll up, totally. roll up. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this is announced as the shotgun extravaganza, and the first part of this quest is to <laughs> Not use defeat Guardians in the Crucible with the last word. Yeah. I mean, we did discuss that the the barrel size of last year is bigger <laughs> than most shotguns, so... <laughs> mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. To boost your favor with Tex Mechanica. Uh, so the objective there is to obtain 1,500 renown in the Crucible, and this is... This kicks off even, like, not fun. I mean, this this is more brutal than Thorn. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was normal kills... Grant one percent headshots. Grant two percent kill streaks. Grant a bonus percentage, but death subtracts two percent. Nice. Nothing like, nothing being punished. Uh, <laughs> but a good. I mean, at least it's consistent with the year one quests. Right. Yeah. Uh, as a, yeah, or crucible, or you mentioned, or SRL. Because uh, <laughs> SRL technically counts as uh, a crucible activity. So you do that, you return to Amanda. Now I'm going to read my part first because your flavor text happens after 
this after you talk to her. Okay. So in your turned up mana, she says, <clears throat> you entered the Tex Mechanica Crucible contest to try and win my shotgun? Hey, that's real dandy of you, but I gotta tell you, I think Tex is leaning towards something else. All right, here's what you gotta do. You need to go make a generous donation to Tex's research division. Go talk to Cryptarch Rahul. I'll let him know you're coming. Mm-hmm. And then Ghost from the follow-up flavor text is a great job in the Crucible. Now I'm biased because I'm your ghost, but if I was Tex Mechanica, I'd give you the prize shotgun for sure. Thanks, ghost. <laughs> but, you you get him, you. But then this next one. <laughs> yeah. The fiscal persuasion step where your yep. ghost says, my system diagnostics are all positive. Wow. Okay. I guess I'm not malfunctioning. We really are bribing Tex Mechanica to win their shotgun competition. <laughs> <clears throat> so for this step, you have to go talk with Rahul. Uh, and he will offer to give you a generous donation. Ghost says, well, it's not exactly subtle, but this should boost your standing. But when you talk to Master Rahul, and as you'll notice, I have a huge bunch of comments here. Uh, because somebody who wrote this quest... <laughs> Maybe didn't do their research. Uh, <clears throat> so when you talk to Rahul, he says, and maybe this is just Rahul, who knows, uh, says, I am given to understand you're looking for some uncut glimmer crystals. These are very popular amongst the city's foundries right now. Well, if you have the funds, I won't inquire further. Okay. First <laughs> off, let's, we'll ignore the, al- the drug reference allegory here and go right to the lore. Uh, here, let's talk about the grimoire for Glimmer. <clears throat> the programmable matter, called Glimmer, serves as one of the city's basic currencies. With the right inputs and an energy source, Glimmer can be transmuted into nearly anything. This makes it precious to the city's industries and artisans. That value, in turn, makes Glimmer useful a useful means of exchange, especially with those who venture beyond the city's walls. Glimmer passes through an economic life cycle. New Glimmer comes from reclaimed Golden Age caches and technology, whether a tiny mechanism or an underground load seeded by ancient machines. This expansion of the Glimmer supply drives the value of Glimmer, but Glimmer is also constantly used by city industry, which converts it into necessary components and materials. Uh, This sink helps keep Glimmer scarce and therefore valuable. Okay, so now we know two different things about where Glimmer comes from. (laughs) The Grimoire is telling us that it is a reclaimed Golden Age technology. Rahul is telling us that it comes from uncut Glimmer crystals. See, Glimmer is weird, because when you you kill things and you get Glimmer, you see it come out as these little blue shards that clatter to the ground like glass. You get Glimmer drills and stuff. Um, You fall and drill for it. So that's kind of weird. This whole thing is weird. <laughs> I don't even know what Glimmer uh, is anymore. I, I, I don't either. Like, I was reading through this transcript and I was like, did I, did I step into a Final Fantasy game? <laughs> In Final Fantasy, everything comes from the crystals. <clears throat> well, so now the question here is, is this, is this like a, a mistake in the writing? Whether somebody just didn't look up the grimoire, because this so this item, this generous donation icon in the game, is the same as those big crystals you get from the big treasure chest in Prison of Elders. 
Uh, so maybe somebody saw that icon and said, that's worth 5,000 Glimmer. That must be where Glimmer comes from. And then they made Rahul say it. <laughs> uh, when the reality is the Grimoire explains Glimmer as coming from nothing of the sort. Uh, and then I take I take umbrage with the I won't inquire further when it is in fact Rahul's job to do nothing but inquire further. <laughs> Rahul has one job, to inquire further. I thought it was to disappoint Guardians. Well, he's disappointing me a lot right now. <laughs> that, was, so, that was year one. It was very disappointing. This is a year two This quest, is year two. So. So, and we've talked about this in a bunch of other episodes. I know I bring it up all the time, so I apologize for, for just beating this dead horse further to death. Uh... But there's a really good chance that Rule has no idea what he's talking about. Like, a lot of his, his information is completely based off things that he has no understanding or context of uh, that he's trying to place into the world. I always use the example of like, oh yeah, he, he found a control book for myth and thinks it's a sacred text. Like he's, <laughs> Or even when we discuss Fabian's strategy, he, had, he has no context for any of the materials he comes across. So... In the universe, his explanations are plausible, but to us as the player, they're ridiculous and make no sense. Uh, in this situation, it's a direct reference to something that also exists sort of in the game. Uh, maybe Rahul just never read the Grimoire entry for Glimmer? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like something he should know where it comes from. One would think. <clears throat> but anyway. Glimmer Crystals. Get them uncut right here. So, you do that, you buy it. Now you have a giant uncut glimmer crystal. That's not shady. Uh, take it back to Amanda. Uh, so, and then she will say, This donation, quote-unquote, will do just fine. The folks at Tex tell me that the contest next round is meant to test Guardian's shotgun skills. Officially, that's crucible only, but between you and me... Tex Alto wants to see you bagging some enemy leaders with these shotguns, too. Think you can handle that? So is it because we bribed them that they're willing to let me do PvE instead of more PvP to continue this quest? It's possible. Because that's great. <laughs> I just think they're going to shave that crystal down and snort it. <laughs> I mean, everything we know about Tex Mechanica kind of lines up, so... Oh, I'm alright. Uh, and that leads us to a comment. Uh, oh, here's your boy S. Barnes Davis again. You can hand, you can take this one, guys. Yeah, step right up, Guardian. Step right up for round two of Tex Mechanica's shotgun extravaganza. Prove your skill with a weapon of heroes to win the finest shotgun around and discover its tragic history. S. Barnes Davis, Tex Mechanica. I like that they're selling, they're using the tragic history of the gun to sell it. Yeah. It's like reality shows. <laughs> You figure Amanda's getting a big cut out of this, right? Like, I mean, it's it's her story and her gun, right? This is all secretly just to make her money. She gets some glimmer crystals, be. too. She get, yeah, she yeah gets she's getting a kickback on those glimmer crystals. <laughs> Does it come with a certificate of authenticity? Like, <laughs> official tragic history, like, signed by what? Amanda Holliday? Well, not if she can't remember what the gun's like. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. <laughs> Get the best gun around in a cheap knockoff that she kind of vaguely remembered from her childhood. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like, 
and you gotta bribe somebody to get it. Oh man, that's great! It's like somebody's like selling replicas. It's like you see like those fake knockoff replicas of like the Statue of Liberty. Uh, Genuine fake Rolex here. Genuine yeah, fake. Yeah, chaperone. or like a fake. It's, it's like buy this, buy this awesome Rolex reproduction, and it's got like a <laughs> digital face, and it's a smartwatch, and like I don't think that's what Rolexes were. But it's a watch, and yeah. that's close enough, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I bought these sweet Oakleys off some guy on the street. <laughs> They're really x-ray specs from the back of a car. <laughs> uh, so this is the Buckshot Bruiser, uh, and it's use a shotgun to defeat Guardians in the Crucible and high-level minions of the darkness. Uh, so Amanda Holiday has a quote concerning Buckshot Bruiser, uh, and she says, This text mechanica contest is rough, but I promise you the prize is worth it. I based the design on a shotgun my mama had when we were refugees in the road to the city. We called it the Chaperone. So you go out, shoot people with shotguns in the Crucible, and then go kill some majors with a shotgun. Uh, and then take it back to Amanda. <clears throat> uh, and then she has two quotes here. The one when you speak to her says, So listen, Tex Mechanica is one of the oldest foundries in the city. Ooh, info. Uh, They've got a real dark age mindset. That's the only excuse I can come up with for the next round of this crazy contest, at least. Tex wants you to use the shotgun to take out two high-ranking cabal leaders. I suppose you guardians would need to fight them sometime or another, but still, this is the craziest contest I've ever heard of. Uh, and then she also has a piece here about the history of the chaperone. But I'm not going to read it. So, it's your notes, Gabble. <laughs> We were some of the last refugees to make it to the city. Yeah, yeah, I've heard all the jokes. Know what? We did get lost. Many times. It wasn't all that funny at the time. My mama's shotgun, the chaperone, was the only reason I made it here. So there you go. That's a strange line, last refugees to make it to the city. Does it <clears throat> imply that the vast majority of the collapse survivors are currently in the city and there's not a lot of refugees coming in these days? Yeah, because with some of the hunter stuff, I, I got the impression we were still getting refugees coming in. Yeah, I get the same impression. Bungies. Or maybe she just means last as in most recent. But she's been there for ages. Like, I get the impression there are still people coming into the city to this day. Not as many, but still. This, yeah, this whole quest step bothers me. <laughs> well, so this quest step introduces a, this insane bumping up against the game, as I call yeah. it. Like this weird continuity thing where is Jolly Holiday the canon version of the Shield Brothers strike? Right. But Cade, wasn't it Cade, I think, gave us the quest to go kill them? Yes. <laughs> At the end of the Taken King story. Yeah. We had a quest where we were specifically sent to kill those guys. And now we have another quest where we're specifically sent to kill those guys. <laughs> <sighs> so it's... Yeah, and this is this is one of those instances where the nature of Destiny being a game uh, conflicts with sort of what we ac can accept as the canon of the game. Because uh, we're presented with two sort of nearly identical scenarios where we kill these same 
whatever people things aliens <laughs> twice space turtles space turtles uh, yeah it's not even like it's go kill some high cabal leaders it's like those specific ones go kill them yeah, again yeah it, yeah that's odd and even the quest step you know even the part that reads uh, you know I would suppose you would need to fight them sometime or another it's like yeah we already did <laughs> sorry like what can I can I can you just tell text that oh so I already took care of that that was me <laughs> yeah I did that thing already like I got I got the dude's arm and then I'm wearing his arm as a glove <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh. And then even our ghost doesn't remember because he's got the next quote. <laughs> the uh, Valus Ma'al and Valus Tlern scouts have nicknamed them the Shield Brothers. Currently commanding the Cabal on Oryx's Dreadnought, they are also the unwitting targets of this round of the Tex Mechanica shotgun contest. This will not be easy. It will not be easy because they're already dead. True. It's super hard to go kill them with shotguns. Also, let's say they're not dead. Let's say that we have two of the currently highest ranking commanders aboard the Dreadnought in charge of all the Skyburner forces that are there who are currently trying to detonate the Dreadnought to annihilate Oryx and most of our system. Yep. Uh, how would the Vanguard ever agree to let that be handled by a Tex Mechanica shotgun <laughs> contest? <laughs> like, what... Did this guy, did this S, what's his name? S something Barnes, Barnes Davis. Davis. S Barnes, did he like waltz into the Hall of the Vanguard and be like, let me run this one past you? I got a deal for you. I, you know, I, so I searched long and hard trying to find like some sort of a Barnes Davis like in history that was some sort of a salesman or, or, or carnival Cummy. or something. I just wanted this to be a reference to somebody. I could not find anything. Oh, man. Yeah, guy. so in the context of the game itself, this is this this doesn't I don't I don't know. Like would it have been that hard to make one more cabal major Valis Gahorn or something like Well or to yeah, to to do something like they did in in the Thorn Strike at the end where there was a specific Yes named 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 enemy that only appeared in that one version that you had to kill a certain like, like why why not just do that? Yeah, just make like Brackest Chaperone. <laughs> so he, so there he only appears during this part of the strike. There is an Al Barnes Circus. Yeah. An yeah. Al is it's Algae Barnes Circus. Like a barn full of algae? I don't know. No, he's got like lions and stuff and tigers and it's like old school. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Does he have like a, a quick draw thing? Like a, uh, a firearms guy? Probably. It's from like it, it was a circus back in 1895. Oh, nice! It's like awesome. old school. Oh, right. Sorry, he was he. That's when the. No, yeah, he started his show in, in 1895, um, with a pony and a phonograph, and a oh, stereo man. opticon. Now I want to watch oh. that HBO show. A ponograph. <laughs> Which one? Carnival. The, uh, Carnival. Oh man, oh, that's, Carnival. That was so yeah. good. Can't believe it just ended. Oh man. And the yeah, ad didn't get picked back up. It was. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. We killed the Shield Brothers again with shotguns. It's funny. Uh, a while back, uh, I was running. We were running the Nightfall, and 
I think Specialist was one of the perks on the Nightfall, and it was the Shield Brothers and my my little uh, strike team and I were bored, so we decided to put some restrictions on ourselves. And one of them was to defeat the entire strike with only shotguns, uh, including the tank, which is very difficult oh. to fight with just shotguns. <laughs> was Universal uh, Remote allowed? Uh, yeah, I think one of us did run Universal Remote. Okay. Uh, so we ran Universal Remote. I didn't because I was running the Chaperone. Yeah. Uh, and I jumped up on one of those light stands in right when Valus Maul first comes out. Mm-hmm. If you stand on one of those big high light stands, he'll just walk up to you and look straight up at you and not do anything. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people So do I just that. look straight down at him with the Chaperone and just kept <laughs> firing into him. <laughs> nice. Oh. So anyway, yeah, defeat them with shotguns. It was we did it with sidearms too. It was hilarious. Uh, take it back to Amanda, <clears throat> and then Amanda will say, "You passed Tex Mechanica's final test. That's just amazing, Guardian. You know this shotgun Tex Mechanica giving away as the grand prize is real special to me. Not just because I did the design. I modeled after a gun my mother had when we were refugees on the road to the city. All we can do now is wait for Tex Mechanica to announce a winner. But I'm rooting for you, Guardian." This is like the fourth time that she's pointed out the history of this gun to us. <laughs> well, then the other <laughs> quote, which maybe this other quote makes some of the other stuff make more sense. The contest prize isn't an exact replica of the original chaperone, of course. It'll be much more powerful, packed with top-notch Tex Mechanica engineering. But I did its visual design, and I replicated my mama's old shotgun down to the tiniest piece of tracery. But we know it was a double-barrel shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, I think that comment and about it, it not being the same is just that it's it's more powerful rather than actually any appearance. She got the appearance all wrong. <sighs> well, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it specifically says double barrel shotgun. Yeah, it does. You <laughs> can get away with anything. No one knows what the original lever really looks actually. like, so she can just like, I guess yeah, that's it's true. fine. It's the same. Shh. No one knows. My new my new goal is to explore the frontier on my hunter until I find Mama Holiday's body in the original <laughs> chaperone to compare it. But who knows where that might be? Probably not the Cosmodrome. Probably not. Uh, where, maybe I'll find her on a crucible map where somewhere. Is, there's my chaperone. Anyway, the next part of this quest is literally called "Bide Your Time." <sighs> Which is, wait for Tex Mechanica's committee <clears throat> to complete its selection process, which is a full weekly reset. So do, do this quest on a Monday. <laughs> I still, I think, uh, I think I'm at the last part. I don't even have that gun yet. I need to kill the Shield Brothers. Yeah, I got it a couple weeks ago. I've never equipped it. I don't it looks cool, word. though. Yay. <laughs> Aww. I can't get past the first bit. I've had it for ages. That's no, no. There's just gonna be like a text mechanic, a kiosk where you can just buy the last one. <laughs> Please. Do I have to go get some glimmer crystals and trade for it? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Rahul. Remember that thing? Yeah, I'm gonna need more of those. So, uh, our, boy, our boy S. Barnes Davis has a quote here about bide your time. Which is literally just thank you all for participating in text mechanic, a shotgun extravaganza. Which also involved the last word. We're currently debilita- uh, deliberating and will announce a winner soon. And the last step, talk to Amanda. Look at this sad story. <clears throat> My is. mother didn't make it to the city, 
neither did the chaperone. We buried him together on the side of the road. I hope, I hope whoever wins the weapon I designed with Tex Mechanica lives up to her heroism. Amanda Holliday. You know, it occurs to me that if her mom was buried in a shallow grave on the side of the road, there's a really good chance that the fallen stumbled across the chaperone. <laughs> right. They are scavengers. And men. Like, they would look. Do they have any double-barreled shotguns? I don't know. Can you imagine, like, the Fallen showed up? Or, like, we're evacuating the city or whatever. Amanda's out calling uh, an SRL race. And she looks down on the track, and there's a Fallen standing there with the original chaperone. Oh, man, that would be hot. That would be hot. And it looks nothing like what we have. You got a (laughs) boot. What is that vandal holding? Ma! <laughs> Stomps his face in with her metal leg. <laughs> He's wearing her mom's skull as a hat. Oh. oh. That, yeah, and you said I took it too far on Mother's Day or whatever when I made that comment. <laughs> oh. Jolly, jolly holiday. Jolly, yeah, so jolly. yeah. You, it went very jolly towards the end, didn't it? <laughs> that was that was the uh, family feud comment when you said she should be oh, standing yeah, there was. on her own, She's by herself, all by herself. That's right. <laughs> but now you could you could have this vandal standing next to her with a chaperone in her mom's skull. Hi, my name is Amanda's mom. A <laughs> <laughs> little tag. And then oh, you could have brother. you could you could have this. Uh, S. Barnes Davis could fill in the third slot. So who's who's drawing this picture? I'm gonna have to go and yeah. I'm have to redo that now. <laughs> I still I still have it one lined up from another week of um of, nice. of Banshee with his uh, clipping out black market deals out of the newspaper. <laughs> I still want to draw coupons. <laughs> I haven't got to it, but I, I will because it's such a good idea. Yeah, when you nice. did the Family Feud one and I was the host, I oh, I lost so it. Good. It was hilarious. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So the Foundry, obviously, Tex Mechanica. A uh, couple notes. The Chaperone is the only lever-action shotgun in the game. Can't believe I'm going to use this phrase. <laughs> uh, get your get your recording devices ready. Uh, it uses a swing cock reload animation. Made, uh, and we Whoa. know that's made famous. <laughs> yeah, thanks. By... Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. He, he uses that same thing when he's on the motorcycle. Uh, it also makes a bullwhip crack sound when you do that, and it's got cute little devil horn sights. So, that's the design. Uh, I love the sound effect. I will run around the chaperone just to reload it. <laughs> uh, the chaperone is also the only slug-firing shotgun. Uh, pretty much all the shotguns fire buckshot, with the exception of Lord of Wolves, uh, which we'll talk about next. I read that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big December 2015 patch reduced the chaperone's base damage and increased the precision damage scaler, but then it broke that scaler at the same time when the Roadborn was active. Uh, precision shots with the Roadborn active were doing the exact same damage as precision shots without the Roadborn active. Uh, and then combined with the overall shotgun handling nerf, which had a huge effect on shotguns, especially including uh, their draw speed and their aim down sights speed, which really hurts the chaperone because it's a, an ADS weapon. Uh, it saw a massive drop in PvP usage. I was looking at stats for the weeks following that patch, 
and the chaperone dropped down to like 1.7% usage in trials. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, that bug with the Roadborne wasn't fixed until April of this year, uh, where percentage damage was... Yeah, an issue where percentage damage is clamped and not scaling is intended when the Roadborne is active. That was fixed. Uh, it's worth noting that even though it holds a niche as a shotgun, uh, much like Universal Remote does, if you pair it up with no backup plans, it can be a complete beast. Because if you can land the precision kills, you can do a ton of damage, and it pretty much means you can one-hit KO most PvE enemies in the game, and all, all PvP enemies, uh, if you can land those precisions. Uh, I, I don't think people think precision kills when they think shotguns, but that's really what the... Uh, the chaperone was designed for. Plus, it makes that cool bullwhip sound when you reload it. Uh, the text mechanical logo is big and really sort of gaudy on the back of the gun. It's bright red. Every time you ADS the gun or you can see it right in the back, it's they weren't shy about stamping their logo on that thing. Uh, yeah, that's the chaperone. Sorry, Amanda. I didn't mean it. Your mom's a classy lady. <laughs> She's a nice lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of, Lord of Wolves. Oh, I love this guy. All right, I'm going to read this. Uh, by this right alone do I rule. Uh, Joylon was a crow. He'd seen much, more than most. He'd held the enemy's greatest weapon, remembered its burn. Then he began tinkering. He liked things, liked how they worked found happiness in finding new avenues through which a thing could function. Not to alter the purpose, but simply to refine it. The weapon delivered impact with incredible force spread over a range to increase its area of influence. But what if that force was brought to a focus in a directed burst? A seasoned marksman with a steady, strong hand could deliver a burn that served less to herd and more to punish. The feral ones deserved nothing less. The wolves would have a new master, and that master was fire. So good. All right. Uh, so this is a reclaimed fallen weapon. Uh, and we know this. This is a fallen shrapnel launcher that has been modified by this guy, Julian, who's a crow working for the Awoken. Or at least working for Prince Aldrin, the crowser, his team. Yeah, no, no love lost between the Awoken and the Wolves. Yeah. Uh, the perk is Devil's... So this is strange, though. So the perk is Devil's Touch. Uh, kills with this weapon rally nearby enemies with plus three recovery lasts 30 seconds. We'll talk about how that's been changed uh, throughout the history of the gun. Uh, the hidden perk is it fires its shots in pulses, more like a shotgun-pulse-rifle hybrid. Uh... The perk symbol is the House of Devils insignia, which lines up with the name of the perk, Devil's Touch. Uh, but the wolves are specifically mentioned, and this gun was modified by the Awoken, presumably taken from one of the wolves who was aboard the reef uh, during the rebellion uh, when Skolas started calling the wolves back to him. So it's strange that the perk is related to the House of Devils, the gun is clearly from the House of Wolves. 
Uh, but okay. Uh, this quest, the quest is the Elder Cipher. So these three guns, although now you can get them just by, I think, opening the big chest at the end of Prison of Elders, uh, or through Champion of the Elders, they're a random, randomly awarded. Mm-hmm. But back in original House of Wolves days, you had to quest for these weapons. And this quest is the Elder Cipher quest. And this quest reveals a lot about Varix. Uh, and it's kind of a shame that this quest is not in the game anymore. Because I think in the past we've talked about sort of Varix, what we believe his motivations to be, you know, what he's sort of working on in the background. And there's no, there's not a lot of context for that for a lot of players because they never experienced this quest, which reveals a lot of that information. Uh, so we'll jump into the Elder Cipher here and talk about uh, a bit of history with the wolves, uh, Varix, and the Reef. So the quest description, just the Elder Cipher, reads, and this is uh, all quotes by Varix, uh, says, <clears throat> Skolas's Elder Cipher, but it is broken. Perhaps it is the perhaps with a queen's cipher I can fix it. She no longer needs it. Uh, so in year one, you had to complete the elder cipher, uh, and to even get an elder cipher, you had to defeat uh, the level thirty-four or the level thirty-five prison of elders challenge modes. Uh, so you'd get the Elder Cipher, you would take it to Varix in the outpost. He would show you the rewards first, uh, with what was possible, uh, and then would task you with finding a Queen's Cipher, uh, which could be randomly obtained from the chest at the end of level 32, 34, or 35 Prison of Elders. And the description on the Queen's Cipher is, you bring me the Queen's Cipher, I repair this one, and we both get what we want. Uh, and then there was this whole thing with <clears throat> the Elder Cipher. So once you merged the Queen and Elder Ciphers at this part of the quest, the Elder Cipher then reads, uh, Kel uses ciphers to control the ether flow. Archons and barons take deep draughts, grow tall. Dregs with tiny sips stay small. <clears throat> so this reveals... The purpose of these ciphers, the Elder Cipher, is something that a Kel uses to control the flow of ether to all the fallen of that Kel's house. Uh, also talking about time gating, <laughs> uh, when you get to this part of the quest, there was no notification when this part was done. You turn this thing into Varix, and then you have to just like check with him over the course of three days in real time <laughs> to see if he had it ready for you. Uh, I remember the first time my brother did this, it took, after like the first day, like, he turns it in, we go and finish running strikes or doing whatever, he goes back, talks to Varric's, nothing, logs in the next day, we do our daily bounties, things like that, checks with Varric's, nothing, <laughs> logs out, go the next day, Do we do our regular stuff, three days in a row, or two days in a row now, talks with Varric's, nothing, it wasn't like the very end of day three that Varric was like, oh, by the way, I have this thing for you. Uh, he thought he had broken the quest. <laughs> so, uh, so once you get it back from him, uh, you have to char- So this is this. We're introduced to an interesting mechanic here. 
uh, where the Elder Cipher now needs to be charged. <clears throat> so uh, this quest step is kill bosses in the arena. Elder Cipher is fixed, but locked. Take this to arena, defeat foes. Cipher will watch, Cipher will judge, and we will become as Kells, yes. <clears throat> I wish I could do a better Varix voice, but I really can't, I'm sorry. Uh, so you basically have to take this thing back into the prison uh, and get a thousand points on it. So level 28 and mini bosses gave 75 points. Level 32 bosses gave 200 points. Level 34 bosses gave 350 points. And if you defeated Skolas at level 35, you get 450 points. Uh, so it was possible to do in a uh, so 32, 34, 35 run, and then a little bit of farming. Uh, so it's charged up. You bring it back to Varix, <clears throat> and Varix says, Elder Cipher ignited, like for Skolas at Iris, like for Queen at Cybel. I will take Cipher, you take prize. House Judgment thanks you. <clears throat> uh, so before we get to the implications of that, which, uh, let's go and explore what he's talking about a little bit. Skolas at Iris. So the Battle of Iris, we talked about this during the Reforce episode, the Battle of Iris was a masterstroke move for Skolas. Uh, his general, Greyar, basically tricked the Awoken Paladin, Abra Zyre, into destroying Skolas' only rival for Wolfkel, uh, Perixis, uh, for him. So this, this act, presumably of treachery, but also possibly cunning and strategy, charged the Elder Cipher that allowed, <clears throat> basically allowed Skolas to claim himself as Kel. Uh, and then it says for Queen at Cybel, uh, we talked about this too, the Cybel uprising was when Varix betrayed Skolas to the Queen of the Reef. Uh, he basically exposed Skolas' strategies to her at Cybel so she could step in kill and capture most of the wolves' leadership and then take control of the House of Wolves. She was then declared Kel by House Judgment, but apparently at the same time, this Queen's Cipher, the Elder Cipher, charged, became the Queen's Cipher, and that made her Kel. Uh, worth noting that we have just charged one of these things and given it to Varix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need it. Uh, what is it with us getting cool things and then just giving them away? Like, because we do that all the time, like with the journal and Elder Cipher. We could have been Kel. <sighs> we we could have stepped into Orcs's yeah, yeah. taken over the like yeah. <clears throat> we could be so cool, so, but we're not. We just keep giving things away. We would be interdimensional space fallen, taken, Kel. Queen King journal. <laughs> uh, we have all Tolan so secrets. Oh, that'd be great. Ghost has them. We don't. Yeah. Well. But apparently the journal was lost for centuries, and Ikora Ray has a complete copy of it. So, way before that ever yeah, happened. Yeah, we, we gave Thanks. it to her. No, we gave it to Banshee, and Banshee well, gave yeah, it to her. Still gave it away, though. <laughs> still gave it away. <laughs> Banshee. Point. Never forgive him. Banshee's gonna meet the wrong end of my invective. Uh, he doesn't remember. He doesn't even remember you. That's the that's the real sad part. Is that 
Banshee, he probably just never remembers that happening. He probably gave him the book, he forgot what it was, and it was like, oh, it looks like some warlock thing. Ikora, not a clue. (laughs) He started cutting pages out of it because he thought they were coupons. so when we when we've talked in the past about Varix, and this I think this discussion comes up quite a bit, uh, that Varix has designs on either becoming a Kel, possibly Kel of Kells, or at least Kel of Wolves maybe, or rebuilding House Judgment because he's rebuilding a Servitor as well. He controls this fully charged Elder Cipher, and that gives him rights to claim Kelship. Uh, so. He doesn't make a big deal out of this. I mean, he pretty much like asks us to do it, not kind of on the sly. Uh, but yeah, we hand it over, no questions asked, and now he's got this thing. Uh, and at the end there, you can choose between Lord of Wolves, Queen's Breaker's Bow, or Dreg's Promise, other weapons we'll talk about. <clears throat> uh, but let's assume that you picked Lord of Wolves, because it's awesome. Best one. The first one of these Man. I did, I picked Dreg's Promise. I also picked Dreg's Promise first. And my brother chose Lord of Wolves, and he chose Lord of Wolves, and then that big shotgun update happened, and Lord of Wolves just chewed through everything. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, yeah, Lord of Wolves. So, yeah, Varix, he's got this charged cipher hanging in his tiny bedroom over the mantle. For whenever he decides to become Kel. Yeah. He looks at it every day. He calls it my precious and then goes to work. <laughs> uh, Ryan Demita was the designer. He designed most of the fallen weapons. Uh, so, or at least as far as I can tell. Uh, and that falls in uh, here with Lord of Wolves. Uh, like we mentioned, if it looks familiar, it's because it's based on the fallen shrapnel launcher, uh, which is a commonly a weapon commonly used by captains. Though every once in a while you will find a dreg with delusions of grandeur using one. Uh, when the Fallen use it, it's solar, but when the Taken use it, it is arc. We do not get an arc version of it. The Grimoire describes the shrapnel launcher as the weapon fires loose forge canisters of explosives and shrapnel down electromagnetic rails embedded in the barrel. <laughs> it's a flaming napalm railgun. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that goes back to the original perk, I believe. I, I think I added a note here. Ah, I did. Okay. So when the gun originally hit the database in the big dark below leak, and we've talked about that on previous shows, uh, it didn't make it into the game until House of Wolves, though, and it was the only one. Queen's Breaker and Dreg's Promise weren't explicitly named yet, but Lord of Wolves was. Uh, the description of the perk... Uh, Instead of boosting recovery for anybody around you, the perk was described as stacking rapid hits will light enemies on fire. <laughs> sounds way better. It sounds hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense for a flaming napalm railgun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that sounds like a, an amazing perk. I just run around lighting enemies on fire. I love yeah. that, because I use Lord of Wolves like exclusively in the Crucible. And Oh, that would be so That would be so much fun. <laughs> just throw a full, like a full mag into them. Done. Like, 
on fire. Bye. <laughs> They're running then, around on then fire. Then I hit them with a smoke bomb and run away. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Everyone would have and they just burn to death and just be so salty. That'd be great. So Pyromaniac Candlejack. Uh, uh, so the Elder Cipher quest is pretty understated here, and it's no longer available, but it does sow some pretty deep seeds uh, when it comes to the motivations of Varix uh, and his relationship with the Queen, the Wolves, and the Kel, and the entire subplot there from House of Wolves. Uh, which is not over. The Wolves are still out there. Uh, so... Who knows what Varix is up to. And then also, you know, it potentially... And I don't want to get off into a completely other topic, and it's pure speculation, so I'm not going to go into it deeply, but we are coming up on an expansion, you know, uh, in a few months that deals exclusively with the Fallen. So this this dangling plot thread is still hanging here, uh, and what Varric's motivations are, we don't quite know. And the original recovery buff was only 10 seconds, um, but in the 2.0, the big exotic 2.0 tuning, uh, it was buffed to 30 seconds. Sometimes when Specialist is on, I will still use this gun, uh, especially in Prison of Elders or Challenge of Elders, uh, just because it is, it's beastly, and when you're fighting in closed quarters like that, the... Uh, the Lord of Wolves perk that uh, boosts your recovery is can be immensely helpful. Especially if it stacks. Like, it stacks up to three times. So you can run, like, Night Stalker uh, and be running, like, Courage of the Pack plus Lord of Wolves and you get your shields back super quick. Alright. This takes us to the last shotgun on this page. We're currently on two and a half hours, so maybe we should end it at shotguns. Yeah, I think I think Sniper's Fusions and Dreg's Promise would make a good a good show. Yes. Oh, I wanted to I wanted Excellent. to read Dreg's Promise. <laughs> well you're gonna have to come back, come back next week. Now you have to bring me back. No choice. That's right. <laughs> maybe we can get Danny on here. Yeah, too. I wanna read it for Danny. <laughs> Dedicate it to her. <laughs> It'd be Imagine like the emoji. For her. Well, no, will she hear, she'll hear the episode though. Like <laughs> later, yeah. we're like, "This is for you, Danny." I'll read this. She'll hear it while she's walking to work in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> I want ice cream. Yeah. All right, the last <laughs> shotgun in the exotic shotgun section, the fourth horseman, oh, <clears throat> which has gone by other names in the past, but we're just going to call it the fourth horseman. <laughs> uh, it's not a holdout weapon; it's a pathfinder. Uh, Grimoire reads, One look at the fourth horseman and the care taken in its crafting points to the old trophy-driven traditions of the hunt. But this blunt force destroyer wasn't built for just any game. Its precision tuning allows it for full auto-firing, while measured impact timing provides an extra kick at the tail end of each magazine, a needed fail-safe designed specifically for the weapon's intended prey, the biggest game in the system, the Cabal. This gun is ridiculous. This gun is is bananas. <laughs> and it fires slugs the size of bananas. Uh-huh. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> Thunderer. Yeah, the exotic perk is Thunderer. Uh, 
And it says, so the yeah. Thunder just says, this weapon can be fired in full auto, which is the exact same description as the full auto perk. Right. Uh, but the real thing, like, Thunderer is not just full auto. Thunder is like, it dumps all four barrels at the same time. Yeah, basically at once. It's just so yeah. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is all your ammo one shot. Remember that Mythoclast bug? That yeah. was turned into a feature for this gun. <laughs> uh, there's no quest involved in the Fourth Horseman. Uh, but it was originally a PlayStation exclusive that was billed as, quote, a faster rate of fire than any other shotgun you can get your hands on. Uh, so, yeah, P- I remember when this gun was first revealed as a, a PlayStation exclusive, and a lot of people were like, man, that thing looks like a monster. And then PlayStation users logged on and said, it's not that great, we promise. <laughs> Situationally... Uh, Kind well, cool. there are some crazy situations with this thing. Yeah. Uh, corner camping does not count as one of them. Uh, <clears throat> let's talk about the name. The Fourth Horseman is a pretty clear reference uh, to the apocalypse. So I put a, a quote here from Revelations. Uh, and that is, When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come. I looked, and behold, an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by the wild beasts of the earth. Uh, the fourth horseman of the apocalypse is Death. Uh, and I think it's pretty clear where this gun gets its name from. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, I made a note about the Ashen Horse, uh, which is the Pale Horse, the personification of death. Yeah. So, there you go. Not not a mystery there, really. Uh, so I'm gonna skip the size thing. So originally, this gun this gun has two hilarious names. When it first appeared in the big dark below leak, uh, it had two different entries. It had one entry, then the name changed. Uh, so the first time it appeared, it was Sweet Business. That's an amazing name. <laughs> I never heard that one. I heard Devil's Do, but I had not heard Sweet Business. Yeah, Sweet Business was the original leak name. <laughs> I'm going to call it that now. <laughs> I wish it was still called that. Uh, and then it showed up later as Devil's Do. Uh, and they, the devil name, well, I guess maybe not, but uh, eventually turned into the fourth horseman. Uh, the foundry is unknown. If you look at it, it has some pretty detailed etching uh, on the receiver of this weapon, uh, which kind of leans towards Tex Mechanica or the possibility of Tex. Uh, the Chaperone is a beautifully uh, etched weapon, and the last word has some great designs sort of carved into the model of the gun, and the fourth horseman shares it. But there is no Tex Mechanica logo on this gun. There's no identifying logo. Uh in fact, the thing—the only thing you'd really do notice is if you look at the scroll work on the receiver, if you look at the very end of it, the end closest to the stock, you will see the head of a cabal carved into it. And he's like a screaming, helmetless cabal. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Well, they're intended for. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth horseman drops its mag in record time. Uh, and it's also supported by final round and return to sender perks 
which can help mitigate the ridiculously low or slow reload speed of this thing. Which is weird, because if it was like a breech load shotgun, you could just like load four shells into it immediately. It holds five, though, strangely. I guess it's four, like you dump four immediately, and then the last one is the final round one. Seems weird. Uh, <clears throat> but that can all be offset. Uh, as mentioned before, when paired with no backup plans uh, and the War Machine perk for Force Barrier, it can turn Defender into a Defender Titan into a brutal death dealer. Uh, a one trigger pull full auto dump from the Fourth Horseman can melt a full health Blade Dancer in Arc Blade. That'd make me such an angry Blade Dancer. And then the War Machine perk allows you to reload guns insanely fast. So you offset the, the reload of 4th Horseman with no backup plans. No backup plans really changed the game for Titans and shotguns. Uh, and we'll talk about no backup plans when we get to exotic armor, but basically when you get a kill with a shotgun, no backup plans will trigger Force Barrier. Uh, so Sounds pretty awesome. It is awesome. And then the War Machine perk, I said, drastically increases reload speed. Uh... <clears throat> All right, funny numbers. Fourth Horseman is the largest barrel size of any gun of, of all the exotics. Uh, the Fourth Horseman uses an insane 32mm shell and has four barrels. <laughs> uh, I say it's the largest, but we talked about this. Red Death is also a 32mm barrel. But which there's is only even, one. But there's only one. <laughs> Which is hilarious, because now imagine Red Death shooting a banana-sized bullet. Uh, <laughs> a pulse of banana-sized bullets. There you, there you go. <sighs> Lodge that image right in your brain. And the minions uh, would love it. <laughs> Fourth Horseman fires four bananas at the same time. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about uh, Universal Remote, that the the anti-tank hydraulic autocannon on the front of a a10 thunderbolt is only 30 millimeter uh, and the the fourth horseman is larger than that it fires four at the same time uh i can't imagine i would love anybody out there is somebody who works in like physics or a field like that man cal please take these sizes and calculate what the kickback would be like like, what is the Newtonian force of all four 32mm barrels firing at the same time? Bananas come flying out. What would that Just do to your... Just you flying backwards. <laughs> it's like, it would, like, detach your arm at the shoulder. Like, <laughs> but how is that a wieldable weapon? Uh, and it, it, man, this thing kicks like crazy. This is one of those guns where you pull the trigger and you're looking at the sky a second later. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Fourth Horseman, no joke. Uh, I don't think it ever got a lot of use. No, the most I it, think I ever remember seeing it was um, uh, before they removed uh, burn modifiers from Skolas and, and Arc Burn was on. Oh, I watched right. uh, Broman, I believe it was, and, and two other people, I don't remember who else was on his fire team, but they specifically set out to kill Skolas with Fourth Horseman, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I remember my brother got this gun. Uh, he's like, what is this, the fourth horseman? I've never even heard of this. I'm like, no, it's a crazy shotgun. He's like, yeah, well, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> he went out, He does what he always does. And then he gets a new gun, he goes to the Cosmodrome and just starts killing things with it. Uh, and he just ran up to some dreg and pulled the trigger. 
and it was gone. And he was like, what? <laughs> is just splattered this? the drag all yeah. over the cosmetron. <laughs> what is this gun? How come I didn't know this existed before right now? I want to use this on everything. Oh, man. I kind of miss the days that, that guns like that would drop and we just didn't know what they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fourth horseman. So every once in a while, I'll catch him. I, not that long ago, we were running around on the dreadnought. Uh, it just messing around in the hull breach, and I think just for the hell of it, he wanted a fourth horseman everything he could find. Because uh, <laughs> why not? So he was, yeah, he was just on a rampage, just just using it because it's fun. Uh, but yeah, that there we go. That's that's shotguns, special shotguns, and uh, primary care weapons. Awesome. For this episode. So, man, there's still... There's a lot of... It's strange to me the removal of quests from the game that offer so much insight into some of the characters that they involved. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this a lot with primaries and some of the implications they had. And here again, we have a lot more implications like we learned about uh, who Ikora was before she was in the Vanguard. Uh, we learned about the possibility of Varric's plans for the Fallen... We learned a little bit about Amanda Holiday. We learned unfortunate facts about Master Rahul and where he thinks Glimmer comes from. Uh, <laughs> uh, we learned a bit about a little bit about Tex Mechanica and sort of their MO for things. Uh, so there's, there's still there's lore. There's plenty of lore. There's plenty of lore and canon and, and history tied up uh, in a lot of these weapons that we just sort of get and run with and never really think twice about. Uh, and in the details of the quests that were written into acquiring some of these weapons are some of the most fascinating stuff in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've used Invective for a lot of hours, and until we pulled together these notes, hadn't paid attention to any of this information about Akora before. So, it's pretty neat. And like, and like Sherb said, like this, it could be a direct tie back to the quote about her being a magical terrorist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That almost makes that quote make more sense because before it was like, what do you mean? She just stands there and sends me on errands. Yeah, but they could be talking about something that happened in the past that we don't know about. Yeah, well, we don't. Maybe Ikora was part of the Reef Wars. We don't. Yeah. Like, we don't know when she became Vanguard. Or maybe she was just a shotgun, a blink shotgunning terrorist. Or that. <laughs> yeah, running around on her own. I mean, it's kind of. Like, soloing all the night well, poles. It's <laughs> shotgun. Crazy. <laughs> Like it's it's funny to imagine like during the Reef Wars like a bunch of Awoken soldiers are fighting the wolves on like some weird asteroid somewhere and all of a sudden out of nowhere like Ikora <laughs> blinks, blinks over their heads <laughs> lands in the middle of them and just starts Nova bombing and shotgunning everything <laughs> like not caring about collateral damage and then the Awoken are like what <laughs> yeah Would she just should we shoot this I, person I too the day, just, put just, sunglasses on goes back home <laughs> wait. And, and that's like, that's really cool. Like, <laughs> we should know more about that if that's what yeah. the kind of thing that happened. And that's the kind of stuff that a core would like. That would be great to know. Yeah, and yeah. I so badly want to see like the shenanigans of Ikora and Cade in the in their golden sort of youth days, running around, and I want there to be Firefly references everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean this this already sounds like a sitcom, a, a buddy guardian sitcom. That would be great. And we're the weird neighbor. <laughs> well, I mean, with them throwing uh, Saladin into this this yeah. next Agreed. drop, I mean, mm-hmm. you never know what we're going to see in the future. Mm-hmm. What what other what other people are going to 
going to come up and, and help us through certain aspects of the game. So, that'd, yeah, it'd be awesome to see some of those other other tower characters get out there and and help us out. Uh, yeah, oh, that's like sort of one of my hopes for, for like Destiny 2, that we get Cade gets to be freed of the Vanguard and, and he gets to interact with us actually out on the field of battle and you know, yeah. being a hunter again. Mm. That'd be fun. I've always thought, I mean, in, in other MMOs, uh, not that Destiny's an MMO, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of interactions you have where NPCs will enter the field of battle under special conditions. Right. Uh, and I've always thought it'd be awesome, you know, if like, you know, we're even earlier we we're talking about you know like a a public event starts and then the Taken show up, uh, or like it's an enemies moving against each other. Uh, or in the Taken are there, the Taken are there, and there's a war set, or the wolves show up while the Taken are there, and then, uh, like, a public event starts, like, it's, uh, which can happen out in Mars. Like, it'd be awesome if, like, those conditions are met, and all of a sudden, you know, you get a message on your screen that's like, you know, Cade 6 has instituted a wild hunt, and then he shows up, and he starts running around like crazy and helping clear this massive amount of enemies we have on the screen, and you're like... Uh, it happens in the Cosmodrome when that's too close to the city uh, for Zavala to just stand in the tower. So he drops down onto the field of battle and suddenly you have this awesome, like, superpower NPC guardian fighting along with you uh, in this, you know, crazy mayhem conditions that are occurring on the field of battle. Sorry you said Wild Hunt and now I just want to see Geralt and Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> that's who's going to replace Kate as Vanguard. <laughs> Dear Bungie, please listen to everything Drop Slash just said. It's a great idea. <laughs> <Love Chabot> <laughs> I'm out of here, Guardians. Cade flies away and you turn around. I'm, Gavra- I'm Geralt of Rivera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the new Vanguard. Hunter Vanguard. <laughs> What's wrong with your eyes? Hey, if I'm all for Geralt being Hunter Vanguard because maybe he can teach me to use two swords and then I will never use a gun ever again. Oh man, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but which two swords? I mean, technically they're two-handed swords. Ooh, tough. Might have to get new uh, ones. We can shoot fourth horsemen. I think we yeah, can handle no, two giant enough. swords. <laughs> That's a great question. For pure practicality, I'm, I would go bolt caster, dark drinker. Well, wait. Can you do two exotics at the same time, though? Want so one would have to be little break, um, though. Oh, no, not Willbreaker, what's it called? Um, oh, yeah, hey, I'll not, take Willbreaker. Not Willbreaker, what's the new one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Dreadfang is the new one. Dreadfang. I was just reading the, the Grimoire for um, Dark Drinker just a minute ago. I said Willbreaker's in my head because that's my favorite Grimoire out of the three swords. Now I just want Dreadfang to have a, a special attack that shoots a, a blinding orb at enemies. That'd be cool. I wanted. Yeah. What if it makes those That'd little like mine things that pop, but on your enemies sort of thing? You know those annoying takings like that you mm-hmm, pop mm-hmm. Oh, those little bomb yeah. things. Yeah. I think I, I, I've been calling them mines because that's what they're called in the Prison of Elders now. Yeah. Rub your swords together, and it emits this gigantic orb. <laughs> I want. I'll, I'll take. I'll take Crota's sword and Willbreaker. <laughs> oh, any two swords. 
Okay. I mean, I'll take okay. Will Break Will Breaker and anything really, <laughs> and just not use the other one. <laughs> just use Will Breaker. You fully upgrade Will Breaker, and the special attack is you fly up to the Dreadnought and use the super weapon to destroy everything in the field. <laughs> Drop the only guy that can dual wield swords, but only chooses one. <laughs> That's right. You only need one. Yeah. Will Breaker does all, all the things. <clears throat> all right. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, that's yeah, for the let's... Exotic Heavies episode. Well, yeah, we'll talk about swords during the Exotic read, Heavies episode. Let's, let's cut to too. the end. <laughs> so I can read the Doctrine Cacard. <laughs> I'll just read it for you. Nice. Done. Easy enough. Yep. All right. Well, that wraps it up. I'm sitting here sweating in my sweltering hot garage where I record. And I think I might have passed out. <laughs> from heat nice. stroke earlier um <laughs> i am i am i am sweating like crazy i'd post a picture but i'd look like a it, it's ridiculous right now anyway yeah, i got, I got all like the windows a, closed in my apartment too i was like 95 degrees today so anyway Only? that that was all that was a good show sherbert pop sherbet pop sherbert sherbet say it how you want there's only really one care. r <laughs> there's only one r but i don't care how you say it sherb Sure. Thanks for joining us. This was awesome. Uh, we appreciate it. And I'm sure the fans are going to love it because we've gotten a lot of, of great feedback from your readings and and uh, you offered a lot of a lot of great points of view on this stuff. It's, it was it was fun having you on. Well, so thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Always oh, free yeah, to come back again <laughs> anytime. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, yeah we will definitely we'll definitely have you back. We'll uh, because now. Everyone's gonna say, "Oh, we gotta have." Her. I, I guarantee that's what we're gonna do. After this episode, <laughs> we'll we'll see. You need to have her back. Have her read some more stuff. That's all we've heard since our, since our uh, Maya Vex. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, but it was great. Uh, we'll be back. What are we doing next time? Snipers and fusions and special or other other <laughs> other the other. One other the the other. I'm just gonna uh, change it to special Danny. Yeah, put Danny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll be back with that, um, and possibly another another surprise in the very near future. Uh, we, we're working on a few things. Um, Are you teasing something? Yeah, she changed it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not teasing any. Well, I kind of am. Oh, uh, weird. But uh, did I? T- I didn't tell you about that. I don't. I don't read anything you say. Oh well, yeah. So might not be a thing. That's why he says it say and doesn't it. write it. Right. Right. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was it was a good show. Thank you everybody for tuning in and listening once again and and uh we're still Destiny Ghost Stories at gmail.com, iTunes, Podbean, uh we're still Twitter. still looking for yeah, and Twitter at D Ghost Stories. Um and we're still looking for uh for some of those awesome reviews everyone keeps leaving for us on iTunes. We've had some good ones. Uh, I make them quack left when I was going to read, but man, this show went long, so I didn't didn't get to it. Maybe next time I'll I'll pull it in. But it was a it was a good one, and that guy is hilarious. Yes, um, he is. So, and keep sending us uh, exotic stories. Stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, we we're need- we're getting closer and closer to sort of the the biggest one of all, which is is Gallarhorn. So I'm sure there's plenty of good Gallarhorn stories out there. I've got some in the in our email right now that deal with heavies, but yeah, send them along. If you, if something we talked about on this show or even the upcoming shows, which is going to be snipers and fusion rifles, uh, and dregs promise. Uh, I mean, or, I've, 
I've got the heavies. I've got a good four or five fun stories about the Gallahorn from the ten I've gotten. So wow, we should just, we, we should just leave Gallahorn for its own episode. Just and just read stories. stories. <laughs> That'd be awesome. We can, I, I was just going to say that. I'll bet we could probably have an entire show of Gallahorn stories. So, but I don't know. It depends. If you guys send us stories, that's that's how we how we make those things. Uh, yeah, or record it. Record your own story about it and and. Send the file to us, and maybe we'll just assemble a show of other people's stories about Gallarhorn. That could be really cool. Yeah, that'll that'll be that'll be fun. I like the. Uh, it was one of the. It was last year's Bungie video they did, like Year One Destiny, and they had that section of like the crazy videos of people getting Gallarhorn, like yep. people <laughs> screaming and some people crying <laughs> and passing out. And I mean, oh man, it was so so good, so funny. Yep. And the the day this episode comes out, we'll be uh, starting our conversation on our book, The Trader Baru Cormorant. So, mm. not too late to jump oh, into nice. the book group and uh, and and get in on that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep, the PvP tournament and PVE speedrun. Yep, is coming up. Coming up also, or actually, in like a week, right? So, um, did it start? Because the, the PVE, I think, is this coming weekend. Um, and then PvP is the weekend after, I think. I'll have to double check that. Soon. I'm on some all teams soon. and they're telling me when I'm supposed to play, so that's all nice. I know. And Mad Pygmy is back, which means I can assemble my sub-hour uh, hard mode raid team. Uh, can no. I switch teams? <laughs> Where do we do it in? Like 52 minutes or something yeah. like that? 48 minutes? One cycled the War Priest with Sleeper Simulant? Not fair. Alright, I've got I've got it up. So the PvE raid run is from July fifteenth yeah. until the nineteenth. And then the PvP skirmish skirmish tournament is the twenty second until the twenty sixth of July. Nice. And you're yep, in my raid team X ray, so you better be ready. <laughs> I am? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, you are. I'm I'm <laughs> Oh, listen to that. Gavel's like, me too. He's all depressed now. I'm Tim. I'm going to solo this. I'm going to solo this faster than you guys. Oh, <sighs> um, <laughs> solo team. And I'm I'm happy that I got, I'm, I'm done with my read, so I'm ready to, to start commenting on that book. It was good. First part that I've, I've gone through again. It's like my, it was, this will be my second time, but it's nice to read it again to refresh. So good stuff. Yeah. Thanks again, Seth. Uh, that's it. We need to cut this thing because I'll just keep jabbering now that I'm back, back from the dead. <laughs> Something woke you up uh, and you're just ready to go. I, I guess I was sweating. Sweat's burning my eyes though. So good thing I don't need to see to talk. <laughs> all right, that's it. Thanks. We will Thanks see you all me. next time. Goodbye.